Hey, yo, say hello to the back. Scott Hall. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion. And you listen to SNS Radio Network. Yo, monkeys, it's me, PPP, the king of Adabim, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. Stay tuned or you will feel Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. The gold, gold system. The world is listening. Fifth as good as Antonio Cesaro. I only know one language every week. Anyway, welcome to the whole indie show with a slightly ailing but hopefully recovering from his illness. That if you heard on back to the open book last week, I was starting to die then. I'm coming back from death right now, not in a kind of Who's come back from death in wrestling, Randy? 
Um, let me see. Vince McMahon has. Um, uh, if we want to go to Mexico, Judas Macias or, or well, Judas El Macias <laughs> when he was. Um, I went for Morte Cibernetti could I would see as they just threw in the river. Yeah, that was funny. Um, and as you can tell as well from that voice that joining us once again also this week is Sandro. Sandro, how I bet you're doing better than me. Uh yes, I'm doing a lot better. I, I was actually sick myself like about two weeks ago, but I'm hundred percent better. Uh I I'm getting the bug this time. Damn it. Anyway. <laughs> I shall fight for the people. So much so that <clears throat> we'll first mention all the latest going-ons with the National Pro Wrestling Day card, which is about... Yeah, it's about two weeks away. Saturday, August the 2nd. few more August? matches. Hey, eh? You said August? Did I say August? Yeah, yeah. you did say August. Thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is what's going to happen, people. Anyway, February the 2nd. There you go. I was just thinking August the 2nd, because February the 2nd, people will just be getting drunk for the Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, hey, Randy. Oh, uh, yeah, we... <laughs> I'm pretty pissed about that, too. Double, 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 double over time. Yeah. Let's just say I want. I really don't care for the team that beat us, even though I wouldn't mind them beating the Patriots. And then... Uh, fuck the Falcons, and then... So, yeah, the lesser of four evils, essentially, for me, is the 49ers, so... I guess go them. For this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only sports reference, because this is all wrestling, or... Yeah. Wrestling, or... I like to call it... Kaplunk with men. Anyway. <laughs> uh... Few more... Uh, we're now starting to get the second list of the Rey de Voladores matches sorted we've got Bolt Brady in it, Surfer Mitch and added as time of recording ACH, get in that's my pick yeah exactly you already know how most of us feel at least me and Sandra feel it's gonna be we want ACH to win this Look, looking at it now even though we're not doing picks probably till yeah, in a few weeks time it looks so heavily like it's going to be ACH versus Shane Hollister. I'd love to see that, considering their AAW matches they've had are pretty good. Well, at least the one I have seen is pretty good. The other one I'll need to check out. But I've been hearing rumblings of uh, maybe two called Scorpio and ACH. Mm. Oh, that'd be even more crazy. Because I, I did notice on uh, PW Insider itself that they said that the final on the evening card, will be the main event of mm. the night. Yeah, so more than likely, ACH has that one. Although I have heard of Bolt Brady recently, because I do follow Anarchy Championship Wrestling to an extent. Have, uh, well, not really the show, shows, because it's cause, uh, it takes a while for those shows to come out. Like, their August show just barely came out. And we're already in January. <laughs> Yeah, Brady. One match look forward to, and then surfer. One match that's one match that's been added to the uh, evening card from wrestling is awesome. One of God knows how many that Quackenbush has at the minute. Think five. Yeah, 
It's the Devastation Corporation taking on Proud Oak and the Thunderfrog. The Latvian, yeah, the Latvian Proud Oak and the Estonian Thunderfrog. Yes, representing Eastern Europe. Yeah, well, no, we know who's going to win that match. Yeah, and, and the positive thing is, it won't count towards any more goddamn points. <laughs> yeah, this is in one of the other five wrestling is promotions that are currently available right now. All we do know is that Bacabella's going to get on the mic and probably say, Hulk Hogan, you can challenge Andre the Giant anytime you want, but not on my terms, damn it. <laughs> and profess his love for the greatest promoter in the world, Fritz von Erich. Yes. How Toots Mont it is. Toots Mont is a cheat, and Verd Gagne is a. Uh, I can't think of a singular word for nepotism. Well, although that was true, <laughs> but nonetheless, nepotist. Nepotist. There we go. Oh no, I didn't think of that. A nepotist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, kind of related to National Pro Wrestling Gate because it's run by the same people that do the event, Shikara and all that. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. We will be talking about later more matches added to their first official shows. The All the Agents and Superhuman Crew show on February the 9th, the Saturday. I think it's... Is it Saturday? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, Saturday, February 9th. This is the wink Vavasur combinations of the two, as it's... Fire Ant and Combatant. And... Think it'd be Fire Ant and Assailant. Fire Ant and Assailant, and then it's Soldier Ant and... Is it Deviant or Combatant? Deviant. Combatant was the last one taken out. He was the yellow one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. They're a bit tricky. <laughs> it took me a while until I remembered which There's one. too many ants. Yeah. <laughs> Too many ants and already combated and disappeared. and Too many broken hearts in the world and too many ants. <laughs> <laughs> but also added, and this is very interesting, 3.0 and Granakuma, so 3. Akuma, yeah. I guess you... Since that 3.0 lay has... Well, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah. But they're going to be taking on the team of the Young Bucks... And Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen is pulling double duty for Shikara that weekend, which is... I, I think it's a good move. It's yeah. nice to see... Uh, I guess because Steen's free, because I don't... I don't think they've got a major event in February. Uh, well, the, I don't think oh, that The anniversary day. show yeah. in March. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is it in March? All right. I thought it was March. later in February, but they're going to March. It's February, March, around that time. And then, yeah, the uh, the second event, while the dawn is breaking, as we mentioned before, currently, well, actually, every single title will be on the line. Oh, no, because, no, it's non-title Kingston versus Steen. But the, the tag titles. Title, yeah. Campeones de Parejas, the tag belts, are on the line, as we mentioned last week. But now added this week, I guess rearranged from... What was it? Did you say a piece of the action, was it? Yes, a piece of the action. Yeah. 
It's Mark Andrelosetti defending the Young Lions Cup against Satarine. What makes me think Archibald Pack is somehow going to interfere? Yeah, I have a feeling that he's going to interfere, especially considering him and Mr. Touchdown have a match the next, uh, the day, be- uh, the day before at All Agents and Superhuman Crew in Reading. Yeah, and then also added to that uh, card, Jigsaw the Shard and Deviant taking on the team of Team Frightening back together for the first time in a fair few years, which, for those of you who aren't aware of the history of Shikara, which I wasn't until Randy told us before we went recording, this is Hallowicked Frightmare and Mike Quackenbush. Yes, they teamed back in 2010 for a very brief period, uh, leading up to King and Trios, which was all for naught since they were eliminated in the first round. But nonetheless, they were around for a little bit of time until uh, Quackenbush started, I think, teaming with Jigsaw a little more because Jigsaw at that time was with the uh, Futures Now. Something else that's also probably worth mentioning is the fact that I've just noticed CZW is going to be having an Ultraviolet Underground show exactly the same night and pretty much the same time as the evening National Pro Wrestling Day event. So CZW is booking against kind of its own event, sort of. Which is a little interesting, but I think you we talked about it a few... In fact, we actually discussed it during the Ring of Honor pay-per-view coverage that we did a few weeks back. That it was in DJ Hyde's uh, shoot interview that he did. Yeah. There was many things revealed there that we kind of <laughs> mentioned in passing on this show. And now um, a lot of it has come to fruition. Well, why would it be? Of course, if he didn't shoot interview, but... And again, there it has its doubts right there being a shoot interview. But nonetheless, DJ Hyde did mention many of the future plans for ZZW in 2013, many involving what would happen at the Ascension show, which we'll cover later on in, in the show, as well as um, Ultraviolet Underground. Apparently, ZZW is coming up to Chicago and Boston. So for people in that area, look out for the combat zone. Um, and that's really about it. Just kind of more people are going to come in, I think, the, I believe I think Jun Kasai is coming back. A lot of the Big Japan guys. I know Fight Club Pro guys are going to be there for Best of the Best. Best of the Best should be interesting to too, so that's something to look out for in the coming months for CZW. But yeah, with the Ultraviolet Underground, due to it, we mentioned how CZW is pretty much the biggest promotion not on the National Pro Wrestling Day card, even in a even with a card that has ROH talent and Evolved talent, which is kind of a thing in itself. Seeing them work together, although it's really under this whole big Mike, under Mike Quackenbush, which is according to Hyde uh, part of the reason why he's not there, since they have a bias and. Uh, Mike Burns, who uh, owns Smart Mark Video and also used to book CZW, isn't really a fan of Hyde either, considering he used to, I think, book there at one point for Hyde, and then Hyde did it like that. And then Burns is good friends with Quack, so there's that. Uh, Some Ring of Honor news now, which is pretty interesting. The 
news has come through that apparently they've achieved 2,000 iPay-per-view buys for Final Battle. That's pretty good. good. Decent good numbers, actually. But this is the one that I want to get both your guys' thoughts on. Ring of Honor is changing up its schedule. No, don't worry, people. Not as drastic as TNA did. <laughs> They're not just going to do about two pay-per-views a year and then tape all the rest of them. No, well, the schedule is that they're going to have iPay-per-views on Saturdays, and then the following day on the Sunday, in the same venue, they're going to have the TV tapings. One, to cut down the costs. And two, in the hope to get bigger crowds in, because they're obviously in the same market rather than going to a different market a few weeks back or a few weeks time after like an iPay-per-view where you haven't got the same, I guess, passion from the crowd because no doubt plenty of people want to go to both events in their local area rather than one and then another one six months down the line. But Sandra, your thoughts on that? Well, that's interesting news right there. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends who they bring in for the TV tapings. Obviously, they they have the usual, I guess, jobber matches. I don't know if that still goes on because, as I said before, I don't watch their TV on a re- on a regular basis, so I can't comment on that. But uh, I guess it would be a good move. Uh, I'm pretty sure wherever they're going, whether it's in uh, Toronto or New York City or Chicago, I'm pretty sure they're going to get a a good attendance for those tapings and. Uh, it might be better for the best because it, it would make them look better on TV as far as uh, the venues look rather than small places where just like a generic indie show. True. Uh, Randy? Yeah, this is an interesting thing for RH to do. And from what I've heard, it's to bring in, is to have the bigger crowds, as Sandra has mentioned to have that bigger feel maybe for the show, which is all, which will all, which will really look good, especially if you've seen the older ROH and like how the atmosphere was, which not necessarily, it it didn't necessarily was small. So to say they had pretty decent crowds back in the day too, at a lot of their shows, but like with the Baltimore stuff, the Baltimore venue isn't too bad, but it's in the, I think it's when it's kind of like with the impact zone, like it's cool seeing it at the impact zone, but you want to see it go somewhere else, especially in cases with the pay-per-views for impact. But, but RH doesn't really have that much of a problem in venues on that choice. It's more for the TV tapings and especially with HD net, they used to do it solely to Philadelphia and RH has branched out a little bit on the tapings, but now we're going to see one in Toronto coming soon. Chicago, I know, has some coming out instead of Baltimore, which really branches them out. It is a great way to really get them out there, which it's fine that they're doing business in the North Features, is pretty, which sadly is kind of pretty much where it's at in independent wrestling, but you kind of want to see them branch out more into the West Coast. Hell, Texas, I'd really like to see them come here, or even Phoenix, which is just a few hours away from a drive to see more shows kind of out there but also probably helps on the TV deal but, but nonetheless good idea for them to branch out and the weird thing is this is the kind of approach that I think they should have done for TNA do a live show and then try and get the venue for a second night but obviously not broadcast it live but still tape it 
and put some of those matches together and then do a like a best a best of TNA on the road and showcase the matches that the fans never get to see. I would like to see. No doubt, no doubt some of the live events they have have some pretty sick matches. It'd be similar to what ROH does with their Road Rage, where they air some of the, where they air the shows that aren't yet available for DVD or that were on iPay-per-view on the show. Now, a little bit of worrying news. Apparently, The Rock is going to invade our screens once again. This time, he's going to be at the Super Bowl. Don't worry, guys. This time, he won't be appearing, sort of. Apparently, he's going to feature in a milk advert. Apparently, he's being resurrected for the Got Milk campaign. Or something like that. The picture that has shown up on Rock's Twitter is apparently of him carrying a, a jug of milk across what looks like a football field or something being paraded by, like, circus people. I'm just wondering if this milk is now laced with drugs to cause that effect. Pain and gain. <laughs> That's, yeah. I get. I guess I'll have to give the proper opinion when we actually see the full thirty-second advert. I bet it was worth about four million dollars, though. I'd imagine. And again, it was. That's, prob- that's probably how much Rock made for Pain and Gain. Hmm. <clears throat> probably made more than that. Can imagine <clears throat> Rock commands being money. He's actually he has a name now in Hollywood. Not that he never did, but it was maybe a bit diminished at some point. But even then, he was still pretty. A-list, B-list star, however you want to rate them on the A, B, C or D-list, if you know about Kathy Griffin, yes, I on a Kathy Griffin reference there on <laughs> so, but uh, uh, it should be interesting to see for I'd imagine, can the international viewers see the Super Bowl commercials or that just American thing? Well, considering I think the only place that shows it over here is the BBC, which is commercial free. Mm, I think yeah. we're stuck. <clears throat> so we just go to all the websites that have it up, or YouTube, because they quickly... Although they did such a bad job two years ago with the Volkswagen advert with Darth Vader, it got leaked out about two months before, didn't it? <laughs> Something. Somebody because, then because that did so well when it got leaked... They leaked the other one early with the dog singing the Death Star theme. Hmm. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I think I now know the music for going out of segment one. <laughs> dog singing Star Wars music. Yay! <laughs> if we can find that, I guess so. <laughs> oh, I'll find it. Yeah, we'll be found. <laughs> Uh, interesting things here, and I'll see if you guys can work out who it is. Apparently, uh, DGUSA is calling in a mystery wrestler for their California shows that has never worked in the state of California before. Yeah, I have a theory on who it might be, although I, I should uh, state out it says it's a young Dragon Gate wrestler who has a wrestler in Cali, so it's obviously going to be somebody from Dragon Gate Japan. And I pretty much narrowed it down to two people on the roster, and it's either going to be Ata or one of their um, one of their young prospects, uh, Tomonaga. 
And uh, it could be Ata because he's not booked for anything in Japan. Although he might be booked for the Sunday show in Japan because they're having their King of Chop uh, finale, which he won the first King of Chop and they're having all the previous winners to see who's the grand champion. So it could Who be is him. the ultimate King of Chop? Although I wouldn't mind if, if it was Tomonaga because he's, like I say, he's a young prospect. They're trying to build up, but he hasn't been doing anything in Japan. So he's just, he's just there, just taking a beat in. They're not really pushing him on the Dragon Gate Japan. So uh, I would be, I would be better if it would be Tomonaga instead. He, he need the experience. Yeah. Your thoughts, Randy? Um, this should be interesting. I have seen Ada before from when he was at the last uh, Drag Gate Triple Shot. He was pretty impressive. Although I, I know we mentioned before the hand, we I I had no I me and Ashley had no idea who Ada was. And from what I did saw him, he left a good impression on me. So I'm hoping it is Ada. If it is, now we'll move on to a little uh, WrestleCon news. Firstly, the Evolve World title, which will be presented to its first holder at WrestleCon as part of... Uh, is it DG USA Evolve, or is it just Evolve? It's it's really both. It's kind of how I'd say... Think of it kind of like a brand split, in a way, sort of. There's... It's kind of, kind of maybe how like WWE has it. I think is the best way. It's still kind of, there's still really one company, but it's just different shows. Like Dragon Gate USA is mostly is like a lot of the same people, but with the Dragon Gate stars and it evolved is for the most part solely just the Americans, or yeah, the, the native people there. But I, I think it is just an evolve. It's an it's being billed as the evolve event where they're doing the title. It's not going to be the the Dragon Gate one. Because they are doing two separate shows, aren't they? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, they are. The second of which, I think, was it you telling us, Sandro, that before we came on to record that they're having the second DG USA show at the same time as WrestleMania? Uh, yeah. If you go to the uh, DGUSA.tv website, uh, if you go to their, their events list, they have all their listings for the shows, including WrestleCon. And on their second Dragon Gate USA show, it says that their show will start at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's basically going head-to-head with WrestleMania. And, yeah, that's not really a good idea right there. I <laughs> really don't know who's going to the show. Although I think the people that might be going to that show are people who's not going to WrestleMania. Yeah, they're just watching WrestleMania on their iPhones. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure their buy rate for that show is going to be abysmal. Yeah, it's not going to be brilliant, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know if they really want to try that, even though it's WrestleMania, regardless of WWE, they're still going to be interested, in, especially if uh, possibly, especially if the numbers from Wrestle28 mean something with The Rock be in there and we know for sure the rock will be at wrestlemania 29 we don't know on what capacity yet but i don't understand why they're doing this i don't understand why they couldn't book the show for for the afternoon i think that would have been a better a better idea i hope they change their minds and and change the show for the afternoon show instead 
It almost sounds like they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too. They're hungry, come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another interesting addition to WrestleCom. Shimmer 53 has announced that on for the card is Northern Ireland's own Rhea O'Reilly. Yeah, which I've heard a lot about her. Yeah, she's a pretty interesting talent. She's pretty good. I've seen her in uh, uh, Shine before in the Shimmer volumes that she's been on as of late. I was going to say, <laughs> is she as good as the Blossom Twins? But then I have been watching <laughs> the British Boot Camp. <laughs> Mainly because every time it's on, it probably clashes with uh, something else that I'm doing, which is bloody annoying. <laughs> uh, but this is this is one that I haven't told either of you guys before we started taping because I think this is interesting. Yet more indie guys are getting apparently trials with WWE. I have heard about this. And one we already know because he's going for trial again, which is Sammy Callahan. Hopefully this time he doesn't have to face bloody Fandango. But another one, which was rumoured and now seems to be happening, is Adam Cole. And to me, this is just... This is kind of the reason why I did want to cover indie wrestling, because it seemed more and more that the main two companies were having turned towards indie because everything else was failing. Because... Well, we, we, we saw how many people went from Ring of Honor to the big two companies last year. Or, or over the past few years, anyway. And there's there's other ones which we'll probably mention over the course of the the review as we go along. But Also, um, DJ Hyde was mentioning how like WWE calls him for like, they call him asking about certain people like, oh, how is, like, back then, how, like, say, uh, a couple years ago, oh, how is John Moxley doing, of course, and now is Dean Ambrose. And, like, he was saying they talked about Cole, they talked about Callahan. I want to say they said AR Fox. And there's, I think, some others, too. I wonder if the irony was they phoned him up and uh, they went, how's John Moxley doing? You know, is he doing good? And then DJ Hyde just goes, nope. <laughs> and then they want shit we'll write that down that's an idea for when we actually sign him <coughs> I still I love the fact that people have edited that bit just to a se- separate bit so you could just include it in various moments where you just want to have you know a, res- a wrestling botch or something and then you could just put did that go well? nope <laughs> it was weird looking eyes but but yeah, Adam Cole, of course, there's a rumor about a year ago around, I don't, know, I don't think it was around this time exactly, but a year, at, but last year there was rumors about Adam Cole and the Briscoes leaving Ring of Honor, and then like they, they famously made fun of that with Jim Cornette trying to prevent Adam Cole and Briscoes from leaving the door, which was the whole rumor going around that ROH didn't want them to leave. Oh yeah, the the picture that got posted up. Yeah, that's yeah. That was a pretty that was a nice good in joke, but to be quite honest, with the age Cole is, 
he's got a bright future if he do, if he did go. So yeah, he really we does. Should, we should, we shall see with that. Sandra, your thoughts? No, I, I think it's good for them for getting the tryout, and um, well, let's see if they get signed or not. You know, I wouldn't mind if they would step up if they would go. Obviously, uh, if they if that was the case, uh, this would be a good time for the promoters to build out build up their younger talent and put them as the main thing of their company. So I wouldn't mind this. Now, uh, Sandra, I believe you've got a few stories for us this week as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty much just uh, Japan news, because you pretty much stole the news that I had, um, Ashley. <laughs> I didn't mean to steal it. I had it <laughs> written down anyway. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, unlike in previous weeks, I actually wrote this down the day before, not 30 minutes before we record. <laughs> I did prep for this show. It's a miracle, people. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's just some New Japan news. Um, apparently, there were some, some rumors going around last week that uh, Katsuchika Okada was apparently about to sign with WWE. What? <laughs> yep, I was just about to bring that up too. <laughs> I I never even heard these rumors, so that was news to me. But Okada had a press conference uh, earlier this week. He basically shot down the rumors, and he wasn't happy that these rumors were going around. Uh, he did state that he did he had uh, re-signed a contract with the company, so he is staying and he's not going anywhere. Uh, with uh, Mystico Two out for the upcoming uh, Fantastica Mania shows. Uh, Atlantis will take his place uh, for all three shows. And uh, speaking of those shows, I'll just uh, bring up some of the main matches for the three nights. Uh, night one, it's uh, Atlantis, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Tiger Mask 4, uh, taking on Mephisto, Jado, and Gato. Uh, the next match is a singles match with uh, Prince Devitt taking on Dragon Rojo Jr., it's a rematch that they had last year in the summer, which a uh, Dragon Rojo Jr. took Prince Devitt's uh, NWA title. Oh, that's a really good match, too. NWA, I think, was it the middleweight title he had? I think it was. Because he had beat Volador Jr. for the title, and then he came back and lost to Dragon Rojo. Yeah. And the main event for night one is going to be uh, Attack with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi teaming up with La Sombra, taking on uh, Nakamura and uh, Mysterioso Jr. Uh, night two... Okay. Night two is a special uh, six-man tag match with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, teaming with La Mascara and Rush, taking on Katsuchika Okada, Volador Jr., and Rey Escorpion. The main event for that night is going to be for the IWGP Intercontinental title as Shinsuke Nakamura defends his title against La Sombra. And in the final night, night three, uh, for the NWA uh, welterweight title, uh, Dragon Rojo Jr. is going to defend his title against La Sombra. The next match is for the Mexican National Light Heavyweight title as La Mascara defends his title against Volador Jr., and in the main event for night three is going to be uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Prince Devitt, and Atlantis taking on Katsuchika Okada, Mephisto, and Euphoria. Yeah, these shows are, are 
always fun to watch. I I'm, I always like when two uh, different companies uh, have like a super show. And I'm kind of surprised uh, AAA hasn't done this in a while. Uh, they should take thirty-five dollars again. <laughs> what promotions do? Well, other than really TNA, what other promotions do AAA work? I think they yeah they worked with Noah in the past. I'd say that yeah, if anything, they should do it with Noah. Well, the last time I remember, I remember they had a super show between AAA and Noah, but that was like back in two thousand seven, I believe, and that was like the last time oh, they had any kind of shit. super show. Yeah, because uh, this has been an uh, this has been an annual thing for New Japan and CMLL. These were the last shows that Sidkara appeared as Mystico before we became Simbotja. Yeah, as some people do like to bring up. Yes, <laughs> sadly, yes. Sin, sin torn quarter, or that Luchador is not looking so well. Well, we have a Luchador come from Tijuana, Canada, <laughs> <laughs> soon enough, but. Well, as as it, as it appears. Yeah, as it appears. <laughs> that is one thing I'd also like to say. All you news wrestling sites out there that will say, oh, he's been taken off the card. I don't know where the sources were because there was no confirmation from the actual promotion that he was off until it was made. And then a few hours later, it was rescheduled back on. Yeah, so I'm I'm a bit suspicious about you or others, you know, you PW insiders, you Wrestling Observer newsletters. Some of your sources might be giving you some dodgy stuff, especially considering 20th anniversary of Raw. Oh, all these people are going to appear. Where what did they, did they just disappear into thin air? Like Eve's career. Mm. Sorry, and now I'm going on a major rant. Why the hell is the first title defense of fucking Caitlyn against fucking Aksana? So she can beat somebody easily and not have it her reign last? I don't know. Oh, well, Aksana got a... I guess the heat from NXT back in Season 3 rubbed off on him. Or it's, not the, it's, it's not the heat from Season 3. It's the heat that she can't wrestle. Well, there is that too, but <laughs> that's that's the factor. I was trying to I was trying to bypass that a bit. No, but since we don't. have it, never mind. No. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Actually, are, are you telling me you actually care about the Divas Division in WWE? I well, I I kind of give a damn about it because of all the history of it. I certainly know somebody that has got a huge thought on it. Because we'll get to his email in part three. Oh, but, uh-oh. yes. We we did get an email in, but because I haven't checked the email in the past few weeks, uh, I haven't I haven't been able to get to it until now, so it will go out on, yeah, segment three. You know who you are because you're the only one that's sent stuff in for the past two weeks. Not <laughs> me. Which I'm a, bit de- I'm a bit disappointed by. Come on, people, give me, especially this week, Heart Legacy Wrestling. I want you to give me your thoughts on the card because next week, probably all all of us free as long as Sandro's available, we will go through this card and praise it or, you know, give our shouts of discouragement to the bits we didn't like. Which, uh, you know, 
might happen. Might even you know, Teddy Hart has said, if you don't like it, then because that was that was a brilliant interview. I don't know if you guys certainly Sandro, you heard it, didn't you? Yeah, I only he, he was that was a proper shoot. Yeah, that's usually uh, Teddy Hart's mo. You know, he goes on a long rant, or he goes on. He just oh, talks and yes. talks and talks. Holy shit! Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm like it's, and he can talk too. But like, yeah, <laughs> Sandra hit the nail on the head. Sometimes he gets to, what uh, he gets the Triple H. Is, well, I don't know what's a great way to say it, but how, you know how Triple H tends to have kind of long rambling promos. DJ Hyde tends to kind of go on and on with promos to some extent i'd say cm punk but that's kind of depending on how you feel about punk but yeah <laughs> teddy hart will just go on about the bit well not the business is triple h i take that back he'll go on about being a heart and flipping off a bunch of high shit or when he did all those spots and nobody that he told nobody he was going to do back in ROH 10 years ago. <laughs> I don't know. But certainly we'll, uh, we'll cover more about that again for all you guys that if, if you like independent wrestling or even if you're just a little intrigued by it from the way the card is looking, at least the talent that's on the card, it's like the ultimate introduction. And then, just the following week, you need to see National Pro Wrestling Day. Which, if you're in the Philly area, you get to see it for free. If not, $15 for two shows, especially when you've got Colt Cabana versus Quackenbush. To finish off this series of matches. finish off the afternoon, yeah. And to finish off the series. Very interesting. But with that, I think, is that all the news, guys? Any other stories that we've forgotten? Um, none, none that I can think of. Okay, so uh, that's uh, all the news for this week. Next up, I guess part two of our year in review. And this time, we're looking to something we just referenced uh, in the first segment, and that is Chikara's year in review. So, we will be back after a few commercials and all that so make sure that you return to listen to the whole indie show on the SS Radio Network we'll see you in a few service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend, Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, what the fuck? Where did you been? Slap! <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back, when he said, you know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon. I mean, how could you, in all honesty be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. (laughs) 
You know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy, and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> you're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. And I'll see you at the matches. It's go time. Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps, sexay of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. What's up, guys and gals? Sensational Sequel, Sensational Sean, right here with you. You can catch myself and Ashley, yes, that is his name, on the open book every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll catch us doing... Video games, the open book, fantasy, EFET, and movie and entertainment news. So check us out every Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern Time at SNSRadioNetwork.com. Come check us out. Until I changed the question I pulled back the curtain 
to second segment of the whole indie show with myself, Ashley, Randy, and Sandro. I nearly forgot the introduction there because I shouldn't have said myself, Ashley. Anyway, now it's time for part two, Year in Review, talking all things Shikara, and this is actually admittedly the first time that I have properly seen Shikara this year and to me it's been like my breakthrough promotion which I know they've been going for well they're in season 12 net coming up but 11 years yeah I it's not to everyone's taste I know but I personally have I've personally enjoyed the tomfoolery in this quite more often than some of the crap that's on in WWE and TNA Masturbating beer bottles. Hashtag that, bitches. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was... <clears throat> I understand what they were going for with that, but... I think it's like... Don't get me wrong, like, the chicks are... Oh, I don't even want to say it like that. Like, the girls are hot and everything, but I think you already drove the point across that these girls are ready to party. Sometimes it's you don't always have to put it out there. When it's not needed, even for like, say, like ZZW, who's just as well, I don't know, just, it just felt too, yeah, we know what she's about to do to him. Just replace the beer bottle with, I don't know, his dick. So, yeah. as blunt as that sounds, that's, let's be real there. But yeah, Jakar is very, back to the point that, hey, yeah, Jakar is very, even in a way, it's kind of like, I don't want to say a smarter, alternative but you really had to be kind of in the know so to say with stuff yet to really understand a lot of pop culture references on some of the stuff it's very there, there is very references to a lot of things in life and wrestling and all that it's one of those where you have to know your surroundings to kind of really get that and that's why some of the humor might be lost on some people even though it's very childish hell if you look at a lot of the stuff with sapphire for a thing that it's an imaginary bird, it's his <laughs> for a plastic pigeon. Yeah, like I'm sorry to burst the bubble about it, but yeah, it's a fake bird. It's as fake as Manti Tail's girlfriend <laughs> for a current reference there, but nonetheless. But yeah, well, my first experience of it was arguably their biggest event of the year, King of Trios, which I think previously had happened in around Easter time, like April-ish. Yeah. But this time was moved to, I think it was late September, mm-hmm. wasn't it? It was in middle September mm-hmm. due to, probably brought on because of the arena no longer being used for wrestling shows anymore. Yeah. But I must say that is the, that is that's the most three nights of fun that I've seen in many a year. It, it makes WWE week on USA look rubbish. <laughs> Just because of the fact that you had Duck Duck Goose. And I will I'll keep mentioning that. That was just brilliant. Duck Duck Goose in the middle of the wrestling match. That's what you need. That's what you need as a blowback match to let the crowd, you know, recover from a, you know, a big match. Yeah, they just had the gauntlet right after that. Or yeah. Before then. Because o- over the years, <clears throat> the, the tournament itself has seen pretty much name a talent and they've been in it. Danielson's been in it. 
generico. Uh, obviously, this year we had the Young Bucks and uh, Mike Bennett in it. Two Cold Scorpio, Jerry Lynn, Tommy Dreamer. Um, I'm trying to think. Who, who, who else no. had in previous years? Or who's been there in previous years? Yeah, some of the, the some of the big names that people all know. Uh, oh. Chris Hero, Claudio Castagnoli. Hunico. Hunico won Hunico. King of Trios as Incognito back in 2008. Yeah. Um, I, I believe... Sky, uh, oh, go ahead. Skyda, Chris Saban, uh, Motor City Machine Gun, Sanjay Dutt wrestled his team TNA. Joey Ryan was in there with Scott Lost and Chris Bosch, his team PWG in 07. Oh, there's so many names now that I've seen every King of Trios. Now, Austin Aries was there in 2009. Um, I, I believe uh, Milano Collection AT was in there at one point with uh, he, Jorge Rivera. Skyder. Was he? I think he might have been in 07. I know he was in the finals of the Tag World Grand Prix. I don't think he was there in 07. I have to look that up. Um, uh, Brian, Danielson. Brian Danielson was in the finals. Uh, Chuck Taylor made him tap out, yeah, back in 2009. Claudia, um, Dave Taylor, D'Lo Brown, Glacier, Demolition, The Powers of Pain were in uh, this year's. Just so many names that you can... Anybody you can think of has pretty much wrestled in. Any more Sandro from you, or is that... <clears throat> uh, I remember Sabian, Ruckus, Joker was in there at one point. Mm-hmm. Um I'm pretty sure Larry Sweeney wrestled one of the tournaments at some point. Yeah, he wrestled in 08 and yeah, he wrestled in 2008. Brody Lee, Necro Butcher, I believe, wrestled yes, the tournament Necro as well. Butcher. Oh, the Deathmatch Kings, him and uh, Necro, Necro Butcher, Toby Klein, and the late Brain Damage. Brain Damage uh, calling, uh, I think he was calling Icarus a douchebag, and then the fans reprimanding him for his use of. The cuss word, although a bit mild cuss word, but nonetheless, <laughs> not PG. Um, let me see. There's a lot of so, people. A lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. And this year, I guess, was a bit of sweet victory this year because I think has Ultra Mantis in all his different varieties been in pretty much every single trios. Uh, um, he was in 2007. He was in 08. He was not in 09, I believe. Let me check that one now. That one I'm not so sure about. No, he wasn't in 09. He wasn't in 2010. He came. He was there last year. But yeah, with Ultra Mantis Black, the big thing with him for a person who was on the first show, I believe he had the first. He was on the first match. Yeah, was he the first? No, I don't think he was the first match. But uh, um. Or he might have been forgetting it now that I had the show. But yeah, Ultraman has been there since day one and had literally never won anything. He never won the Campiones. Uh, he, he did challenge for him many times, but never won it. Never won, up until then, never won King of Trios. Never won the Tag World Grand Prix, although he was in the finals of the first ever one. Was only in, I think, the first Young Lions Cup. Never won a hasn't won a Cybernetico. Literally, this has been his. This was like Ultraman's crowning moment as a wrestler fight which i think the only thing that would have made it better is if he got the pin or the submission but nonetheless he still was able to win something in uh chikara by winning king of trails when holloway and may mike bennett tap out in the finals which i think 
is yeah. It, it was a it was a great event altogether. Uh, apart from the the tournament itself, the the matches that did come up that that the gauntlet when you actually had demolition come up against the powers of pain. Yeah. Mm. That was a kind of nice flashback to back to the days, and then obviously Tito Santana was actually in. Although it was for. Um Although it would have been nice to see the submission squad come in, who I've uh, I've heard something about they're going to actually be in Chikara for 2013, so look out for that. Hmm. They're certainly, I think, part of uh, one of the many other wrestling is Quackenbush shows. Yes, I was. That's I was watching. I just watched the series not too long ago. Very, it's actually pretty funny. It's something I wished I'd watch leading into it, which would have put a lot of the stuff they did into context. And if you look about it, it was pro- that was probably the reason why they missed it. But that's something to go check out on the Wrestling Is YouTube. Um, also, Tadasuke had a really strong showing at King of Trios. Had the good ma- he had the ch- championship defense, uh, d- uh, trying to go up against Kingston for the title, and then knocking beating the shit out of Jigsaw back at night three with his punch <laughs> with his knockout punches. Perhaps that's what caused Jigsaw to turn heel. Maybe. <laughs> Which is probably a nice little segue. So it's yeah, that was a- one of the big, big storylines. And for those of you who haven't heard us before or don't know about Shikara's storylines, storylines can go on indefinitely in Shikara. There's such a thing as continuity in their storylines. Yeah. Because I think... This has been kind of... Well, this has been the big story of... I guess just this year it's developed, hasn't it? Yeah, it started this year at... I want to say the 13th Hat had something, but for sure it definitely started at their February events with the Gekido. Yeah. Go on, Sandro. Tell us more. (laughs) You know, uh, when this uh, storyline started, uh, it started uh, in Long Island, New York, uh, uh, a couple of masked guys came out and interfered in a match that uh, a Quack and Bush was involved in. I was kind of confused because I thought it might have been a couple of uh, Ring of Honor guys because at, at that point they were starting that, uh, I guess, feud at, at that point. I was yeah. under the impression that Ring of Honor was trying to invade Chikara, but that wasn't the case. So I was kind of disappointed about that. But it did build up uh, throughout the year. It was intriguing, Probably up until, I guess, Chikarosaurus Rex when a couple of the Gekido guys got injured. And I guess they had to they had to find some way to continue the storyline without certain guys in the Gekido. So I, I guess this is when the um, Wing Father Sword decided to switch a lot of guys in different stables to shake up the, the roster. Yeah, the Chikarabermetric system. Yeah. Which shook up nearly anything and everything. Pretty much. I can't think... No stable really was left intact other than, say, the Spectre Envoy and the Materi, who, well, pretty much grew due to a whole big group of evil coming in. The only stable that probably, other than that, that's probably stayed together was Donked and Hammer. Yeah. Some, somehow. And even then, it's kind of a loose... That's a loose... <laughs> it's kind of a loose word saying that there. 
or loose uh, express. Or I can't think of what the fuck I was gonna say. And then being friends is maybe far off a bit with how Donks is treated Hammermeyer. Although Hammermeyer might have a bit of a Kate of Stockholm syndrome. Hmm. Mm. But, but I'll go for it. I was just, yeah, that's. It, I, the way it was building was it actually looked like Quack was going to turn possibly heel. Yeah, there's a lot of things with the Gekido storyline that I think it's got. It, uh, at first, there was a lot of people really kind of wondering what it was. There's a bit of doubt because it it was going somewhere at first, and then like I kind of agree with Sandra. Like around Tarasaurus Rex is when the rails started to kind of come off it a bit. Although, it, uh, because you had 17 taking out people, like he took out Tin Long, who was supposed to, who was debuting for Jakar and then was just gone like that, literally a minute into his career. He, his career was over due to 17 injuring him. Of course, 17 had injured Quackenbush previously. He had injured Dragonfly as well, taking him out of action, who had just came back of sorts. And then, uh, then they took out Fire Ant. And then set, and then seventeen was go- uh, and then seventeen got his wrist injured when Quackenbush came back, and then seventeen was gone not too long after that. And then a lot of people were kind of pointing it towards BD. Uh, a lot of people kind of looked at it as like, oh, this is a lame attempt at BDK, which of course had dominated most of uh, 2010 and really kind of trailed off at the end of last year. It had already been dead at that point. And one thing I've always – I kind of brought this up before with, like, the TV tropes, how there's always – you notice, like, a number one heel in Chikara. And at that point, you really didn't have one. There was a lot of people who had a shot at really becoming, oh, the the, uh, the top bad guy there. Like, Vin Gerard had a time, had a uh, place at one point, but he was gone. Brody Lee left, danced in – Ophidian was really more delirious, and then even Delirious was only really there like five times. He was only there. He showed up. He only really wrestled in one match, but he showed up about a few times. So there's that. But the Gekido was. It ended up being something else than what many people believed, which is. I don't want to say necessarily saved it, in my opinion, but really kind of brought the feud back into my interest a little more with how. Especially with what happened at, at Cybernetic Horizons with Jigsaw making a bit of a shocking heel turn, to say the least. Because it looked like, especially after what happened with High Noon, that, oh, Quack was going to go Rudo. But now it was Jigsaw, who's Rudo for the first time in five years. Yeah, 2007 was the last time he was Rudo in Chikara. And even then, that was just really before he left for Ring of Honor full-time. And you've seen assailant become a face. Soldier Ant is kind of a man without his without without a country here. Jigsaw and Quackenbush still have still have many unfinished business left, and that's a lot to look forward to going into season twelve with the Gekido or what they brought. I'm just wondering if they're going to do anything with Ophidian now because at the the last event that they had the what under I- the hood. Yeah. Um. The weird thing with that is if Moss is retired, like he, he can't wrestle anymore unless it was all for storyline, which I highly doubt it. What? Which I highly doubt it was, <laughs> considering he had been gone up until he had been gone for a while until he did announce something, even though it was already really known he was done wrestling. 
So maybe they play upon that or it might have been just for that shot, which I would like to see it get played with a little more, but that's only if really Amasis can wrestle. And even not maybe just have him like how Vocator was used back in 2010 to like fuck with Pinky Sanchez's head and then it would uh leading up to the Cybernetico where it was revealed as Larry Sweeney and what would turn out to be his final Jakar appearance, sadly. Mm. But you have that delirious well the weird thing with the delirious and that's one thing too the delirious and ultramantis black thing that still should be raging on even though it looked like it had a clear end under the hood with ultramantis black penny. yeah but delirious has already said it ends in 2014 so because he said that you knew that the mayans were wrong because Shakar is always right. <laughs> but Batiri, even though that was kind of the thing too, they were, had like some weird end of the world kind of thing. Especially the Batiri would bring that up a lot in their promos, and then they've had it very evil year to say the least, tormenting the Spectral Envoy, doing some uh, tormenting Sarah Del Rey, among other things. Almost and then there's a incident back at the Contaminated Cow that was a bit. Much to say the least. To say they, I'll know that <laughs> if you saw what happened, I kind of a weird vibe that happened when they tried to tie her up behind her back, and with a lot of the things the Batiri said in a very chauvinistic, misogynistic way, kind of put some unfortunate implications in the situation that was being presented. And it's usually, and I don't know if I'm being too subtle about it, but. It kind of looked like rape, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, Sandra knows what I'm talking about. That when you say, yeah, that's hey, that's kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. I don't know where they were going with that, but it's like maybe they drew the line there. Like I had no problem with them so much doing it, but. When you kind of present it with how with what they what with what had been going on, it's like, whoa. Good thing Satterite came in there. <laughs> well, I don't think that it was much of a backlash from it. I don't think not that many people noticed it. So yeah, I thought they were like, oh, well, we'll continue as normal. Oh, no, Whatever I- happened, to Sarah Del Rey. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of. Uh, She's she's kind of gone somewhere else where she's probably going to get a lot more money. Yeah. She's no disrespect to the indie scene, but training people who don't know how to wrestle to actually wrestle is going to be beneficial. Of course. And that's why why I've got faith in the Divas division, Sandra. Okay, well, I guess I... Three words, Sarah Del Rey. (laughs) Yeah, she just... Like, I was kind I She was... uh, It was announced she was there in, like, Sarah Del Rey was having a pretty decent year, even though the Batiri feud was kind of, it never really ended. It just like, I think it mostly because Sarah was leaving too. Uh, Cause you know, if you remember back at Chikarasaurus Rex, Delirious came in and interrupted the match. And um, of course this is what led to like that partnership going on with the Batiri and Ophidian. And then like Sarah Del Rey had the championship match with Kingston. She was gone. Which, of course, we all know why, going to train the Divas down in NXT. And sometimes Shakara is known for mysterious disappearances. Kind of weird. 
just as mysterious as why Barry Akreshi was kicked out of the XX. And if you get that reference, I give you a high <laughs> that. Want to use that all day? <laughs> That's an ultimate paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they kicked. Speaking of that, we might as well get to the the rise and fall of, I guess, the throwbacks of sorts. Yeah, throwbacks yeah. had a because it it kind of melts into the fact that obviously Chicago Metrics got stuffed and Sugar Dunkerton went and joined Fist, which really seems to have kind of paid off and not paid off. And I'm intrigued to see where that angle goes in 2013. Whether Sugar Duncanton will, in, <laughs> to, to quote uh, somebody, embrace the hate. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. It, you know, it's possible, especially after we saw uh, their last show, Under the Hood. It, it's possible that he could turn heel. But uh, I think uh, Dasher might try to talk him out of it. And even there's a possibility of either two scenarios of either Dasher kicking out Mr. Touchdown out of the throwbacks or it's going to be the other way around and Touchdown's going to control uh, the throwback stable. Yeah, there's a, bit of, there's a lot of uncertainty with the throwbacks and which is, it's really getting brought into the spotlight now, especially what happened down under the hood with Sugar Dunkerton accidentally costing Dash in the match when he was trying to help out Icarus. And one thing, and Icarus and Dunkerton have seemed to got together because I was just watching a piece of action, the match where it was uh, fist, uh, a fist colliding in a way with Gargano and Taylor taking on Icarus and Dunkerton. And uh, Icarus, at the beginning part of it, was just laying down. <laughs> like, he didn't want to face Taylor Gargano, and then Dunkerton knew he had to take it one-on-one, and then Icarus was trying to help out the uh, Taylor Gargano, but ended up hitting Taylor Gargano. Then they turned on him, and then all of a sudden, Icarus had, like, a, a small little face turn there for a brief second <laughs> in that match, even putting on it. You know how the fans love to boo <laughs> Icarus for him taking off his shirt, barely getting back in their good graces by putting the jacket back on and then wrestling the match. <laughs> for a second, <laughs> like, we're going to shoot. But then uh, Taylor Gargano broke that up and then hit their double team on um, on um, Sugar Dungerton. And then under the hood, we have that. So fist and throwbacks more than likely going to collide. But then from the other side, what a year it's been for Mark Angelicetti. Uh, easily. I I could see him getting rookie of the year, even though he's actually been around for about two, three years now. But nonetheless, in Chicago, relative rookie. Or I think that's how the rookie of the year awards are for it. But nonetheless, he would be he wouldn't be the first Chicago person to win. The, I think PWI or whoever the fuck gives out Wrestling Observer Rookie of the Year court. Yeah, Wrestling Observer because of course uh, Frightmare won it back in 2009 on the 2009 award and Mark said he had a really great year of course capping it off by winning the Young Lions Cup in an amazing contest at ACH. One that could easily be considered a match of the year candidate uh, Jakar especially and even possibly in wrestling in general and then the Under the Hood match was it was just as good. Depends on 
Mm. People probably don't like the finish. Depends on how you are about the finish, but the match was just as good as their last, as the one for the final. Well, I will say, uh, no doubt, Mr. Touchdown is my MVP for Chikara of, of 2012. Uh, I've enjoyed his, his gimmick uh, since I first saw him. Although I kind of miss his entrance. Uh, he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, and he goes go through the, the um, he go through the this like like this paper uh, I don't know, like a paper flag. He goes through with it like you see in high school football. Yeah. I kind of miss that. I was gonna hope he still does it. But I I like that. I like how he you know he's very intense and you know he does all this all this heel tactic stuff that not that many people do the way he does it. I enjoy it, and um, hopefully he gets better in, uh, for this year in Chikara. I feel sorry for that person with the tissue paper. They lovingly put it up in its frame, and ten seconds later, <laughs> bang! And I gotta say, <laughs> I do gotta say on Dasher Hatfield's side though that he's had a really good year in 2012. I'd say, and as. Sandra mentioned uh, Ed, uh, Angel City as his uh, MVP. I'd say Dasher Atfield is breakout star of the year, with possibly an honorable mention to the Shard, even though, depending on who the Shard is or isn't, that could be also be a rookie of the year combination. But Dasher Hatfield really stepped it up this year, had a upset victory over El Generico, really had, had some good matches all around this year, had a pretty good match with um, Eddie Kingston, too, for the Grand Championship. And one that I was kind of, eh, well, I don't want to say, I wasn't necessarily looking forward to it, but I kind of was like, yeah, Kingston's going to win. But when I did see the match, Hatfield did put in a good effort, regardless of the inevitable that did happen and I felt was going to happen. But they really, the throwbacks really stepped it up without uh, Hatfield and Dunkerton, which I was really enjoying as a team. And they really had a good 2011, but plans would change of course i think one of the things that helped it too was dunker when dunkerton broke his arm back at an aiw show but nonetheless that's where we're and then and then we come to the trials of archibald peck oh yes now i think here we're going to cut to a clip which is taken from the epilogue of Shikara's 11th season which is up on YouTube and this is a meeting that apparently happened between the uh, Wink Vavasaur the I guess the general manager is he of Shikara kind of director of fun is the official title yeah director of fun I should have the right terms and he has a meeting with Archibald's pet Archibald Peck's barrister Mr. R.D. Evans who mysteriously looks like someone. Wonder who. Yeah, send him right in. Ah, uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh. Babasur. Great meeting with you. You know, I really appreciate this. As the world's foremost authority on time travel law, I'm sure I can get this mess with my client Archibald Peck cleared right up. Not a problem. You know, it's great to finally see you in person, Barrister R.D. Evans. It's been a while since we've spoken. I think since the last time you tried to sue my pants off at last year's Young Lions Cup. (laughs) (laughs) 
That sounds just like me. <laughs> you know, has anyone told you you look a whole lot like... George Clooney? I get it all the time. Now, if only Miss Hancock thought the same. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk turkey. Great, I'm famished. At Under the Hood, when the mysterious and handsome stranger unmasked, revealing himself to be, in fact, Archibald Peck, you had him removed from the building by Condor Security because, precisely six months earlier, in the same building, Archibald Peck had lost a Loser Leaves Town match, correct? That I did. Go on. All right. That pinfall is represented by this circle. Now, earlier that evening, Archibald Peck, as mixed martial archie, received a spine buster on the stage of the Trocadero. He rolled backstage in pain, where he encountered one Eddie Kingston. Both being the macho types, they exchanged words, which resulted in a backfist to the future from Eddie Kingston to mixed martial archie. Now, it's been previously established that Archibald Peck shows a particular proclivity to time travel when backfisted, and exactly that happened instantly transporting Mixed Martial Archie to the year 1885. There, he learned to be a real-life rootin' tootin' cowboy. Until, of course, he encountered one Buford Tannen, who he made the mistake of referring to as Mad Dog. This also resulted in a backfist, which transported Archie back to the future. Well, however, after Chikar Source Rex was over. Now, not long after, Archibald Peck, under his cowboy alias, The Mysterious and Handsome Stranger, debuted for Chikara in Portland, Maine. He has, from that time forward, been competing in Chikara until Under the Hood, where the events in question took place. Now, I'm sure you're asking yourself, if Archibald Peck never returned to Chikara Source Rex to be pinned, who was the Archibald Peck pinned in the conclusion of the Loser Leaves Town match? Good question, simple answer. You, today, will reinstate my client Archibald Peck. He will continue competing in Chikara until, at some point in the future, he is again backfisted to the future by Eddie Kingston. At that time, he will be again zapped back in time to June 2nd, 2012, where he will conclude his Loser Leaves Town match. His Chikara career will effectively be over. However, in our current continuity, in our timeline, the Archibald Peck, who I am representing today, my client, has not had to leave town yet. You have no choice but to reinstate him. Now, Barrister Evans, if I am to believe all this, which I am inclined to do, one question still remains. After Archibald Peck was pinned at Shikarasaurus Rex, he began wandering the globe in those Where in the World is Archibald Peck videos. That doppelganger, I suppose, he's still out there somewhere. Great Scott! So, in case you don't get that, which some of you probably won't, Archibald Peck is a mysterious and handsome stranger who is R.D. Evans, who is Mixed Martial Archie, who... I'm trying to think of what else he is now. 
there's really there's there's at least five characters I've known him to do. There's of course Archibald Peg, Mix Martial Arts, he mysterious and handsome stranger, uh Robert Evans, um Barrister Artie Evans, Super Electro. <laughs> um actually that's six now that I counted that. Um well, yeah, there's that there and Pretty much the characters that we've seen are just those four. Don't worry about Super Electra. That's a thing. If you watch Anarchy Championship Wrestling and his whole thing with Portia Perez, which just got a bit creepier. or I don't doubt it's the review you did, but it's a pretty creepy relationship they have at ACW. So maybe something to check that out for. But nonetheless, I think the best explanation... Uh, well, it helps if you've seen a lot of the Back to the Future because... They've been bringing this up ever since uh, Archibald Peck debuted back at 2000, uh, 2011. There was a Back to the Future reference there, too, where there's been a lot of time travel thing. This is actually something that's been consistent with Archibald Peck this whole time, but it's really being brought into the forefront here, which is, like we said, Jakar and their continuity. And that's where a lot of this time travel issue stemmed from, was that uh, parent, uh, of course, this date all go. Course, uh, Archibald Peck became Mixed Martial Archie. Then there's a match at Jakarosaurus Rex. Mixed Martial Archie took a spine buster to the um, on the ramp, went to the back and got back fisted by Eddie Kingston, literally to the future, or in this case, back back to the future, whatever, back to the Midwest. There he becomes Mixed Martial. Uh, there he becomes the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger. In the West, and he's later taken back in time after I think another fight. But this Archibald Peck was taken back in time after what happened and after the match happened. Now I know this sounds weird, like oh wait, so that basically meaning there's two Archibald Pecks. There's the one that lost in the Chikarosaurus Rex match, and the one who was later, uh, shit, was I gonna say who was later? God damn it, <laughs> it's confusing explaining that because <laughs> if. Also, the Scarsaurus Rex match, Archibald Peck came back. So, there's two Archibald Pecks going around, is pretty much the main point. <laughs> the Archibald Peck that's, uh, that Artie Evans was representing, his main point, the thing he was trying to say, what that wasn't the same Archibald Peck that lost the Loser Leaves Town match. Meaning that this one can, was free to wrestle against uh, Mr. Touchdown or Rubber and Shikar since he was not, since he didn't lose the match. Because this one was taken after should happen now the one that did lose the match ended up going into part i think they said parts unknown he went to yeah and that's why if you saw in a lot of the chikara videos that archibald peck walking he was like walking into nowhere that's the one that lost the match as weird as it sounds it does make sense in some weird way so pretty much what this archibald peck that he now has to pretty much he can go around as fine but until he faces eddie kingston which well, you're more than likely going to see that happen down the line. Then he'll get taken back to the future, and we won't see him again. But it'll get more confusing as the storyline gets along. But be sure to check out this podcast as we best try to explain it. Or <laughs> and you see, for that reason, I think that's why he's my, you know, MVP because he got over in two companies, not just one. Arguably, considering the impact he's had in uh, AAW as well, free. Yeah. And I think this is this is this is his first full year 
Um, in Chihara? Well, not. Yeah, is it? No, he's he's he's, he's been the the cheerleader for a year or so, hasn't he? Yeah, he was uh, the band leader. Yeah, he's Archibald Peck for. He's been with Chikara since early 2011. Because he came in, yeah, just before King of Trios that year. And, like, he had been Archibald Peck for about a good year up until the Mixed Martial Archie stuff happened, and then Chikara Source Rex. And then the Mysterious and Handsome Stranger ordeal, and what I just tried to explain earlier with the two Arch. Yeah, so it's basically in the space of two years, he's managed to do all that. Yeah. In Chikara and Ring of Honor and any other promotion he's somehow been involved with. For a per- person who's really hasn't been, who's been a mid-card character the whole time, never really been in a main event spotlight, yet he's been, had probably one of the most thought-out storylines, so to say, very compl- one of the most complex storylines out of any of the wrestlers now. Or at least at this current space and time, because there's probably others that have, especially ones that were involved in BDK. But you, you, what's your take on that, Sandra? Well, well, you know what? I did enjoy um, his his time in Chikara this year. I did enjoy the uh, mixed martial Archie gimmick. I thought it was uh, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. And uh, when he did the uh, mysterious and handsome stranger, I thought it was great. I enjoyed that. Despite it was short, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was very entertaining. And uh, the reveal, when he did the reveal, I was kind of expecting he could have done it maybe until next year. I thought they would have dragged this out more. But for what it was, I thought it was a sweet revenge for Archibald Peck. And now, I believe it's in the first show, if I'm not mistaken. He's taking on Mr. Touchdown. Um, I kind of hope we kind of see this storyline continue. Or maybe like the like the first half of the year. I'm looking forward to it. But I think even I think they kind of reviewed it at the right time because it was no secret who the mysterious and handsome stranger was. And although the audience at Jakar is luckily they are smarky, but they're not too smarky where they're like, oh, it's Archibald Peck. Is if you didn't see any of the match, they were many chance of we don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know you. Even though, yeah, the builds are very quite familiar, but I don't think that necessarily played a factor in it. But none the, uh, but he's revealed now, and on the mix, so Archie was very interesting with how he was trying to fight for Veronica, and then the whole the overcompensation station and him having the press conference, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was the, was the best thing about his gimmick at that point. Yeah, so that, that he went full in on it for each one, and then. The Mysterious and Handsome Stranger was pretty much like a mi- almost a Midnight Rider ripoff, especially when it sounded- <laughs> It pretty much was, because like, he sounded a lot like Dusty Rhodes. The yeah. bird was sapphire. <laughs> of course, can't do the bird sound for shit, but of course we know where Dusty Rhodes and Sapphire has been heard before. And I believe he was, yeah, he was from Texas. I think it looked like the Midnight Rider mask. I'm not too sure about that, but... It's a bit similar. Mm. Now I'm trying to think. Award to the rest of it. I think we've given our breakout star. I guess the only real newcomer one 
I guess is Saturine because I don't. She hasn't done too bad a job in her first year in the company. She's had decent showings, from what I've seen. Everything there's the. She's done. She's done pretty good. She looked. The thing she could do is pretty amazing, considering she's only been wrestling now. This is really like the start of her second year because she debuted at Joshi Mania back in December of 2011, teaming up, teaming with Dasher, and she had the whole. She looked good in a match against Sarah, even though she would fall to defeat later. Would team up with her for a brief period of time until Sarah was gone, and then had that injury, which kind of derailed her a little bit. But she's back now, and then. I oh, know the sky's the limit for her here. She can really, for a person who admittedly grew up, or at least herself admittedly grew uh, as a Sarah Del Rey fan, this she could easily take Sarah Del Rey's spot as like that top woman they have in Chikara. Because Daisy Hayes has, we haven't heard from her in months now, which I'm yeah. hoping she's fine. <laughs> and then Madison Eagles may come back to Chikara since she's. Uh, since she's a lot better now, who she was gone for a lot of 2012, and she had, and she was starting to do things in 2011. And of course, the other really major women they do have rest are a lot of the Joshis, and you can't bring them in all the time. So, <laughs> Saturine's really the only one you have now to take on that mantle, and hopefully, hopefully she does she does good work with it, or maybe they bring in Madison, <laughs> which. I can see that happening, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, well, before... Oops. Oh, go ahead, Sandra. Well, just two things. Um, yeah, I thought she she did a, she did had an all right year. She's uh, been improving uh, as the shows go on. Uh, as far as her uh, taking the, the spot that Sarah Del Rey had... Um, well, I, I think she she needs a couple of more years to go before she, I guess, earns that. You know, she did start it out, but hopefully she'll yeah. get better. And before we end this off, uh, we we have to talk about one thing, and that's uh, Eddie Kingston, the Grand Champion, uh, which I was just about to get to because for me, he's Superstar of the Year because uh, he did a CM Punk. Yeah, he's held the belt for a year, taken on all challenges. Okay, he wasn't successful in Ring of Honor. Okay, that wasn't defending his belt, but... Just a little blip on the... Yeah. <clears throat> That's still pretty impressive, because I'm just... I'm going through his ba- uh, matches backwards from the most recent, so... T- taking on Tim Dons, which was... Not a pretty good match, actually. Although... I wasn't that happy with the way it finished. Yeah, one kind of left. It bad, but it kind a lot of people weren't too happy with kind of what happened because a lot of people were probably feeling that Dons was going to win or something else was going to happen because Kingston. And one thing too, if you and probably for Ashley, it doesn't make um, he might not know it as much, but yeah, Kingston ever since like I'd say. Nine really, no, 2010 has been on, has been the guy. Like, very rarely does he get defeated. Like, he's only had I think two singles losses in the in the past three years. <laughs> in the past couple of years, one <clears throat> Anderson and Vingerard being the other one. 
just and he was unstoppable in the championship matches, even though he did have the disqualification victory against Kevin Steen. If you saw the match, you saw that Kingston was about to win, and Steen really mm-hmm. just did the, just to get the one up on Kingston. And he went through he went through Vin Gerard and took him out of Chikara again. Brody Lee ended up leaving Chikara right after that. Sarah Del Rey left right after. <laughs> there is someone better there. They had the defending against uh, Dasher. Tadasuke mentioned before. Jigsaw was a really good. I'd say that was my favorite. Either that or the Del Rey one was the best title defense. The Del Rey one was really, really good. Oh, yeah. And one that. Something tells me Del Rey might have been champ had it not been. For, but. It's only really speculation there. <laughs> but yeah, 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 I agree to I almost want to say Jigsaw is an MVP because but for him he really had a quiet year even though he was his matches were always good. Like I've always re- looked forward to a lot of the Jigsaw matches he put forward to, but I, I think yeah, the unanimous decision would be to say Eddie Kingston is MVP because he just even though it's kind of like business as usual in a way for Kingston, he still showed his dominance as Chicago champion and really put in a good line of defenses. There was really no bad defense. Even the Gerard one was okay. Although, like I said, the, the thing that did suck with, as I was mentioning before, Kingston's won a lot. So kind of, <laughs> it is shocking when he will lose, but like you really don't see that happen. So that might have been why some people are a bit kind of dissatisfied with the old Tim Donston because he's been at the top for so long. But more than likely, Kingston's going to drop the belt this year. We just don't know who yet. <laughs> it all really depends, I guess, on uh, who makes the challenge mm. or who they dis- who they bring in or whatever. I guess uh, do I think match of the year? Oh, probably... Probably the... Uh, the Lions Cup final is a is a good shout for a contender. ACH and uh, touchdown. Yeah, that's a tough one to pick, but mm, you know yeah, what? I'm gonna have hard. to go with um, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Eddie Kingston against uh, the. I thought that match was fantastic from start to finish. Me? Which match was that again? I wasn't sure whether the line broke up a bit. Oh, the uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, Sarah Del Rey match. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is all down to Randy now and his choice. <laughs> and this is a hard one because there's a lot that I really liked. I really liked Sarah Del Rey Generico was a really good one from uh, the double, the Synergy double header, which was kind of interesting considering both of them had wrestled in Ring of Honor before. Maybe kind of take that to, like could have been doing in Ring of Honor. Kingston Del Rey was good. I really like Kingston Jigsaw, the Young Lions Cup final. But the one I'm kind of going with to kind of be a little different from the crowd, but also just because I thought it really was good was the Young Lions Cup final. Or the, excuse me, I just said that. I, excuse me, the King of Trios final. <laughs> Big fucking error on my part there. The King of Trios final between Spectre Envoy and TOH. And one of the things I really about King of Trios, especially their finals, is how like, a lot of the storylines that the teams have going through it, it gets built. It, it just builds up and builds up until that final, and that was what the 
craziest ones they had with Team ROH, the whole ROH Dakar feud that had been going on, which that was done a bit more there, which you saw guys like, as we mentioned before, Steen come in. You saw Briscoe's come in for the first time since 2007. Jimmy Jacobs made an appearance, a couple of appearances there. The Bravados were regulars. Young Bucks, as we mentioned, winning the Campeones in a very interesting match at Chikarasaurus Rex, where it was two top Dragon Gate talents taking on, our, at the time, ROH talent. Don't see in the other places. Because, yeah, I don't need to explain that. But this Young Lions Cup final just, or God damn it, I said Young Lions Cup again. The King of Trios final just had a lot of crossbones making his turn, getting back at Delirious for injuring his collarbone. Delirious making an appearance. The Bateria after they had beat up on that. Maria putting her part in it. Then the uh, her getting super kicked, which was justice for her interfering in the matches. Then and it, it's just like what I always look forward to in a King of Trios fight, but it delivered there, and it was a very crowning, a very big moment and a crowning achievement for Spectrum, especially Ultramantis Black. And even to an extent, Frightmare, who's done a lot in such a short time, held the Young Lions Cup from bell to bell, or year to year, whatever you want to call it, coast to coast, um, and, now winning the, and now winning the King of Trios in only, I think, four years he's really been around. So I was the King of Trios, not <coughs> final, King of Trios final is my choice for match and I think just to be different as well for female wrestler of the year it's not even one wrestler it's both team Sendai girls and team JWP from King of Trios oh hmm. yet never bit there I really um, believe- you could even include in that Manami Toyota as well. Basically, any of the the Joshi's, any of the Joshi's that were wrestled. Oh yeah, the Joshi's really brought it this year. That who they brought in, especially the Sendai girls and um, make uh, Michael Satamora, who had one of my favorite moves in wrestling all year: the cartwheel into the knee, double knees in the gut, and just the way she does it. It all just one full in just one. And just all one sudden movement, and then the Sachiko and Chisiko, uh, I think I said that right. Yeah, the the sisters who won very influenced by Jeff Hardy, <laughs> if you can tell by the clothing, <laughs> but very good wrestlers at that too. Very charismatic and a team that was to look for. Even the JWP girls delivered to Yoniyama, Command Bolshoi, and then the strength of Subasa Kurigaki was really put on display there. Even. Even though she bumbled it a little bit with Matt Classic, she still was able to lift Matt Classic up and make him tap out. And the Minami Toyota always delivers when she's in Chikara. So that was (laughs) the usual from her on her part. And, of course, there are no race at her. Leah Von Dutch, who made a couple of appearances, wasn't too bad either. And then I'm guessing, I'm trying to think moments, because there was one moment that I think they'd like to forget. And that was uh, Mysterious and Handsome Stranger's horse destroying the set, uh, given the act. (laughs) I remember Uh, that. A bit of an embarrassing moment, to say the least. Nothing really (laughs) bad, but (laughs) very funny. It happened with the whole... 
with the whole uh, setup almost crumbling down. They only used the horse, I think, one other time after that, but you notice that the horse was not used after Because <laughs> that was... A pr- I think it's because if you look at what happened to the horse after the shards sat on it, it fucking broke. Oh, that too did the... <laughs> <laughs> one of the springs on the horse went and then bang. <laughs> yeah, the horse was just the idea that just failed, that was doomed to fail, much like the bad boys. It's definitely a Chikara paperclip, if you know that one. And I guess uh, I guess as well, although this was probably meant to be a fail, the submission squad not turning up for their match. Yeah. That was what I was really looking forward to, but if you saw the wrestling is stuff, they... You can see why they missed it at all. If you if you saw the crowd, you'll know why the crowd was so pleased. That was I was like, damn. <clears throat> the crowd was like, apparently they couldn't make it. Yeah, you know, it's like Rock had just entered WrestleMania. I usually Chikar credit for their crowds not being too smarky, but yeah, sometimes they'll be ruthless on some people, and sadly, they still remember that fateful match back at King of Trios 2009 Night Two. Which is a match that nobody wants to see. Although they have improved as they definitely have improved as wrestlers since then, and are guys I would definitely recommend you to check out: Evangelistico, Gary J, Pierre Abernathy, and Davy Vega, as they're known. The Elegant Assassin, Pierre Abernathy, Brainwash, Davy Vega, Gary the Barnow, and Pistol Danger, Evangelistico, all hailing from St. Louis. And uh, maybe something for Trey to check out. They're Cardinals fans. I know at least Jalistico is definitely a Cardinals fan. So, <laughs> Sandra, any other moments that I've forgotten that they'd want to go? Oh, did we do that? Or that just happened? <clears throat> mm. Trying to think. Well, I think the only thing that sticks out of my mind was the uh, King of Trials I won between uh, Fist and Osaka Pro. I think that was a moment that. We'll probably live in uh, Chikara history. Oh God, yeah, the, <laughs> that wasn't even a ma- it, well, it was a match, but it was just so much comedy in that that I don't think I don't think it's one they'd want to forget because I don't think I'll be able to for at least a year or two be able to get the image of uh, Icarus with those stupid glasses on. <laughs> And a Bessie and taking a photo of it on his iPhone and tweeting it out. Because it was at that time when WWE and TNA were going massive for Twitter and tout. So it was... They just made fun of it, which is brilliant. I think something that... Not necessarily embarrassing to Jakar, but embarrassing to a person in general was Mr. Touchdown giving Icarus a swirly back at benefit for baseball town. <laughs> Oh my god, that was hilarious. Which is a novelty show because of the first ever Chikara show that's outside. <laughs> and it's too bad the commentators didn't catch that. Yeah. That is <laughs> just. Although I, I should point out um, when I said about the. the moment, my moment, anyways, I wasn't referring to, you know, for them forget about it. I just say that. That was a moment that just stuck out for me that I enjoyed. Oh. Yeah. But, 
I think I think we've covered that. I, I, we've gone probably just about an hour. So <laughs> there's probably there's more than we did for Ring of Honor, but that's because arguably, if 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 I was to grade this, I'd give it probably A to A minus. Because for me, this for me for 2011, it was Ring of Honor to me. For 2012, it's been Shikara. Somebody's got to find me another company to find and be amazed by in 2013. I'm looking at you, PWG, already. Yeah, but your your guys' thoughts, Grey Boys. Um, as harsh as it might sound, because there's. Some years I kind of preferred a little more. I'd give this a B, which is still pretty good, but it, well, I don't know. I really like 2010 as a year. 2011 was kind of... It was all right. 2012 was still good, but I don't know. Just did it. There was some stuff that was kind of... You didn't know where they... It did, they were still doing things, but there wasn't a whole clear direction. I felt or I don't know, <laughs> but I just feel in my mind I would give them a B. I'd say maybe A minus, uh, just so it doesn't seem too harsh <laughs> after he gave it an A, but just from what I've seen in the past, which I understand with Ashley, this is really his first year there, which is still, but Chikara really still had a better year. They had a whole lot of a better year for OH, and I think I probably gave them a did I give it like A minus or B minus? Oh, no, I might have to change it for the grade scale. So yeah, B minus was Ring of Honor. So okay, then never mind. I'll say yeah, uh, B plus. Then I'll give it B plus. Sandro, I have to say fair. B. Oh, go ahead, Randy. Sorry, that's should have thrown that, but yeah, it had to be fair. B plus is what I'll say. Well, I'm gonna have to agree as well. I'm gonna have to go with a B plus as well. Um, it was a, a pretty good solid year for Chikara. Um, although there were, there were a few things that I, I wish that could have happened, but didn't. Uh, obviously, the main thing was uh, Tim Dons getting the, the grand championship. That didn't happen. Um, the Gekido storyline, I thought, could have been better, but uh, injuries happened, and uh, they had to change it uh, for different ways to try to keep it relevant, but um, they had to make a lot of changes for that one. Uh, but for what it was, I enjoyed it. Uh, all the some of the shows were a hit. I wouldn't say all the shows were were great. Uh, they were good, but I wouldn't say all the shows weren't bad. I thought they were very watchable. And for what it was, I enjoyed it. So uh, like B plus, as I said. So with that that's that set of things reviewed done out the way. Next week, you'll have to wait and see. But I'm trying to think. We've still got CZW to cover. We've still got Dragon Gate, which might be appropriate next week because we've got show coming up from them. So that probably that probably will get touched on next week. Dragon Gate and Evolve incorporated into one because it is practically, as, as Randy's already mentioned here, the same company. So Yeah. Duh. So there you go. I'm supposed to leave it as a tune in next week to find out, but I pretty much already told you. There you go. So when we come back, we're actually going to talk, I think, about due to when this will probably get put out. We're probably going to talk the first night of the Dragon Gate card. Uh, 
and go through that. But then also run through all the results from the things we did last week. I, I haven't done a tally to work out who got the picks right or wrong. Technically, it wouldn't be fair because Randy couldn't make all his picks because he uh, had to quickly rush off before we finished recording. But we will go not in-depth in-depth, but certainly focus more in the results-wise on PWG's DDT show. Probably due to the significance that it was El Generico's last show in PWG. And probably on the major US indie scene. Yeah, at least US. <laughs> North America, as we mentioned, as we alluded to before. So, with that, we will take a few commercials and we'll see you for the final part of the whole indie show right here on the SNS Radio Network. SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, I caught SmackDown again. I caught, she, I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes, right here on the SNS Radio Network. <laughs> Wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun.
you a TNA Impact Wrestling fan? Are you looking for a show that talks about TNA Wrestling? Then tune in to TNA Chat Live every Thursday night starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on the SNS Radio Network with the Bronx Father, Tony J. Mirabella, as he reviews the latest episode of Impact Wrestling and takes your phone calls to get your thoughts on the state of TNA Wrestling. Are you ready to cross that line? On the SNS Radio Network. And if you don't like that, sorry about your damn luck. JJ His charm is so contagious, vaccines have been created for it. Years ago, he built a city out of blocks. Today, over 600,000 people live and work there. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him, the way lightning precedes thunder. He is the most interesting man in the world. He has amassed an incredibly large DVD library, and it is said that he never once alphabetized it. If he were to mail a letter without postage, it would still get there. When it is raining, it is because he's thinking about something sad. The pheromones he secretes have been known to affect people miles away in a slight but measurable way. He once punched a magician. That's right, you heard me. His blood smells like cologne. His hands feel like rich brown suede. JJ He is the most interesting man in the world. I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I listen to Wrestling News Live. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay thirsty. Final part of this week's whole indie show with Ashley, Randy, and Sandro. And this time we're going through all the results from the past week with a bit of a focus, as I mentioned before, on PWG. Plus, we're also going to go through Dragon Gate's upcoming card. But before all that, Sandro's actually got some more results for for. A a show that I wasn't aware of, but actually looking at some of the matches that were on this card, some interesting uh, little shenanigans going on here. So, Sandro, I believe it's uh, PWX. Uh, yes, uh, Pro Wrestling Experience, uh, they had their first show of the year, uh, Living on the Edge, in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. The attendance was about 150 through 175, so decent attendance there. Uh, the first match was uh, Chiva Kid defeating Corey Hollis. 
Uh, next up, there was a, a video shown by the owner of the promotion, uh, Ty Dillinger, uh, was asking to speak with Davey Richards, and apparently the two walked off together. Uh, the next match was a, a tag team match, uh, worst case scenario, defeating the elements of wrestling. The next matchup was uh, Mr. Elite, Drew Myers, defeating Leech Landa. The next match was a tag team match as Scum of uh, Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino defeating Lodi and Zane Riley. Another another video was shown with uh, the promoter Ty Dillinger apparently being bossed around by the Dojo Brothers, uh, Roderick Strong, Eddie Edwards, and Adam Cole, uh, basically speculating about who they're gonna fight, who they're gonna wrestle. Excuse me, at their next show, Rise of a Champion Eight. The next match was a uh, four-way match uh, between Chip Dale, John Schuyler, Craig Hoffman, and Ernie Osiris. As uh, John, Scott, John Schuyler wins after stealing the pin after Ernie Osiris hits a uh, twi- uh, split-legged moonsault on Chip Dale. Chip Day, excuse me. Uh, next match was uh, Adam Page defeating Cedric Alexander. Uh, in the main event, it was a six-man tag match as uh, the team of Jake Manning, Grizzly Redwood, and Caleb Conley defeating the Dojo Brothers of the current PWX Tag Team Champions, Roderick Strong, Eddie Edwards, and the current PWX World Champion, Adam Cole. And a, a big, somewhat of a big news coming out of this show, uh, apparently they're going to have their first iPay-Per-View which is their next show on February 23rd, Rise of a Champion 8, as their main event was announced, as Caleb Conley will take on the current PWX champion, uh, Adam Cole, for his championship. And Davey Richard is going to team up with Kevin Steen to take on the current PWX tag team champions, Roderick Strong and Eddie Edwards, for the titles. Well, that's an interesting mix. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's an interesting mix there. So, and that's yeah, that's their that's their first I pay per view, is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's that's another thing I'm going to have to be interested in catching uh, up on either live or archived. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about PWX. They've been using a lot of ROH talent. I've, especially if you go, uh, see on PW Ponderings, they're always reading that. And then, of course, there's YouTube and I'd imagine their website. <laughs> As I see that, but a kind of stupid shit eating grin or whatever. But yeah. So definitely check out PWX. Everybody's getting eye pay per view soon. AIW has uh, Girls Night Out. Forgetting if it's seven, eight, the number might mistake me. Girls Night Out is coming eye pay per view. I think so, it's eight. It's eight. All right, yeah, Girls Night Out. Oh yeah, because Girls Night Out seven was the one with EM and K. So Girls Night. Out. Actually, uh, speaking of that, they actually announced uh, a ladder match for that show. Hmm. Now, who who's in it? <laughs> uh, I don't think they announced who's in it. They just announced that the main event is going to be a ladder match. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's looking to be interesting. Speaking of girls having a night out, 
dodgy segue ever. Other shows that shine. <laughs> shine six. Hello. <laughs> yeah, so interesting card here as well. Mia Yim took on Tina San Antonio and won via a series of German suplexes. Leia Von Dutch took on Santana Garrett and Santana Garrett won with the Shining Star Press. Then we had Nikki Rocks beating Kimberly. No, not that Kimberly. The other Kimberly via the Barbie Killer Tiger Bomb. The one that c- That's confusing. There's two Kimberleys, damn it. The one that cusses a lot, and according to Jake Black, if you listen to CZW, has an S that sticks out like a uh, ah, f- uh, heater. It sticks out like an air. It's something like that. It fucks up the line again. <laughs> <laughs> this is you know, say today, but... Uh, I think it sticks out like a thermostat or something like that. The whole joke is. But yeah, she costs a lot. It's <laughs> Her and Annie Social, there's a promo up on YouTube. Uh, well, I think we mentioned before what their stable is known as. So if you, it, I'll just say it's uh, the lead, the abbreviations are C U N T. So take what you want from there. <laughs> then you can, that's what they talk. And then we had, uh, well, look, yeah, the first of the four, although we've got five matches left on the card, first of the four that was already announced before the show, which was Made in Sin taking on Misery. Um, Misery got the win via the Doomsday device on Taylor Made. So, as I think we all predicted, the undefeated streak of Made in Sin is over. <laughs> but <laughs> then we also had uh, Ivor Lee's defeat Sue Young via reverse dragon sleeper which rolled back into a what's to be described as a pretty sick DDT then the match between Ruby Sky and Jessica Havoc Havoc won after Hardy threw in the towel. Yeah, Matt Hardy was there, apparently. Uh, Havoc apparently had the Ring of Saturn's type move locked in. Reby refused to quit and almost passed out. And that, yeah, Hardy was in the crowd. And interestingly, apparently, Gabe tweeted out that Havoc might have been able to beat Hardy up. Intergender match and shine. Uh, well, technically, if Matt Hardy's without his penis again, that technically would make it him, him uh, <laughs> eligible, I guess. <laughs> hey, Trey. Yet <laughs> another Trey reference there. <laughs> but that's who did say. <laughs> Moving on now. Um, match everybody was looking forward to or one of the big matches on the card yeah Leather Bates uh, taking on Kimberly and I still don't know what she cosplayed as mm, something <laughs> yes. generic but Kimberly did get the win via a cloverleaf submission that's what she's tried to use as a finisher but <laughs> Finally, finally able to get her first win in Shine. 
And then the main event, which we, I don't think none of us saw coming. Nope. <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> Amazing Kong slash Karma slash whatever you want to call her, defeated by Mercedes Martinez. Thanks to Rain coming out and causing a distraction as Kong had Mercedes up for the Fisherman's Buster. Then April Hunter makes a run in and hits Kong's knee with a pipe. Mercedes pins Kong with her, and then with her hands on the rope. And then Maiden Sin and I have Elisa out and ganging up on Kong. And Rain says, this is, Rain says to Kong, this is revenge for the last show. And then, Rain and Maiden Sin beat her down. And then it turns out this is the Valkyrie. Who needs evolution when you've got the Valkyrie? <laughs> but yeah, returning April Hunter. Now this is interesting. Um This is this is so intriguing I might have to uh get a word with Sean because I believe he has connections. <laughs> um does he with oh I think with he might. I don't know. He had to ask Sean that. I will, I will have a word with him probably in the next few weeks because their next show's in February, but certainly I will try and that's that's one interview I would like. Uh, you know she's come back it's probably good to see her back because I haven't, I haven't caught much of her stuff so far, but I know she's got enough of a reputation. You guys probably, you guys probably know more about her than I do. Yeah. There's, um, she was, of course, uh, formerly in WCW, one of Scott Steiner's freaks at one point. And then she was very, she was linked to Slick Flag Brown back in the Indies. But as, uh, Jason from the alternate, Alternate Universe told me about that ended up really nasty and something uh, I'd rather well we could get into it but I'd rather not get into it now but let's just uh, domestic I'll just put that in there that's all that really needs to be said, said about that and she's been appearing now with Shine and now you have this Valkyrie big staple which is something to look forward to with Shine and I gotta be honest when I was hearing about this Valkyrie thing I was thinking it was something about I don't know why, but not, I'm talking about Taya Valkyrie from uh, AAA who took over yeah. uh, what's her name spot. Um, because does, does Jennifer Blake still show up at AAA or is she done with them? No, she's still a regular in AAA. Okay, so Jennifer Blake's still there. I thought she would. But yeah, Taya Valkyrie, who's a wrestler there. I was thinking it's that, but that had a whole completely different thing. Although Rain has wrestled at AAA before. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't work for them anymore. <laughs> Carrying the stick, calling all them brujas or whatever. Well, of course, the bruja, the stick, bruja means witch in Spanish. Anyway, <laughs> oh, apparently she was dressed as Eric Draven from The Crow. <laughs> apparently, that was the uh, get-up she was in. For who? Leva Bates. Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> she went Croesque or something. She went Evel. I guess because Kimberly went Evel. But 
That's enough of me saying evil. A darker side. Let's <laughs> let's jump to breaking uh, the law. What's good? No. no. Oh man. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's something I'm probably gonna post that up on the Facebook page in a day or two, or maybe right after this. Just so people will be like, oh, that's why I posted. But there's a video where John Moxley, I think it's from their Live in Germany show back in 2010, yeah, where John Moxley sings the CZW theme song. And it's. <laughs> they should release that as a bloody Christmas album. <laughs> <laughs> the CZW theme. But yes, they had, a, they had their first show of the year, Ascension. Which, of course, last year, their first show of the year was the last ever show at the arena, or a doubleheader as part of the last ever show at the arena, an excellent adventure. But this time, it was just CZW all by its lonesome. Yes, uh, we had Nate Wallace and DMC defeat Latin Dragon and Dave Starr, which I think was a match that was added to the card. Yes, a pre-show match. Then the Beyond Wrestling Showcase had... Eric Corvis and Nicholas K come out on top against KOI. Which I think Sandro, you went for Corvis and K, I think. I think I did. I don't both remember. Me, I think both both me and uh, Randy went for KOI. But yeah, that didn't turn out good. <laughs> then Shane Hollister with Scarlet Bordeaux, yeah, Scarlet Bordeaux, defeated Alex Reynolds, Chris Books, and Chuck Taylor in a four-way match. <clears throat> and that's why I think Shane Hollister might be getting momentum to possibly... Because Shane Hollister, isn't he in AAW as well? Yes, he is. He's been gaining a lot of momentum there, Nate. Yeah. He's been doing yeah, him and Scarlet Bordeaux and usually Marcus Crane with them in. AW, I don't know if he's going to join in CZW, but yeah, Shane Hollister getting victory, and I think we uh, said they would. And Bandido Jr. and Azriel defeated Colin Delaney and Dalton Castle. Whenever you see Colin Delaney and the fact that he was defeated, why am I not surprised? <laughs> I'm, I'm just surprised he showed up at a CZW show. <laughs> <laughs> wrestled there before <laughs> he used to oh, I, I, I saw one of the weirdest things over the weekend apparently he's going to be leading a group of WWE ECW talents in an uprising against ECW originals on a tour in Canada <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's got a lot of experience of WWE ECW hasn't he yeah. I doubt he does <clears throat> he only had four official matches all the other times he kept losing <laughs> Kept getting taped up. Anyway, the also had. Well, I think this is the WSU showcase, wasn't it? Is Avail Suena making Bones or Jesse Brooks submit to get the victory there? Then Devon Moore and Danny Havoc defeated Drew Gulak and Alexander James to retain the CZW tag titles. And then afterwards, the front. Led by Niles. Apparently, yeah, Niles Sojo is what he's going by. The man formerly known as Niles Young. Apparently, they beat the shit out of Drew Gulak. <laughs> Ending with a vicious chair shot. And for people that have watched CZW lately, of course, Niles, uh, Niles Sojo has had, like, the big French coat just kind of staring there all creepy. Just 
really gaining a lot of influence in CZW and probably something to look some somebody uh group to watch out for in this year. Then we had uh Shane Strickland defeating Alex Colon who was obviously with Chrissy Rivera. Then afterwards, Greg Excellent challenged Chrissy to an ultra-violent food fight at the 14th anniversary show. Uh, Is this some kind of revenge for Colt Cabana challenging Mama Excellent for WrestleCon? I don't know. I don't know where exactly this started. I do know I saw the day of... Excuse me. Uh, that um, Chrissy Rivera had she had tweeted something about Greg X. Like she was talking about how she was training, and maybe I can take out on Greg X. So that might have been a start. That's probably what led to this. And then probably it might be with the whole Colt Cabana thing. Even though, if um, as far as I know, Colt Cabana is still taking on um, Colt Cabana is taking on Greg X. I'm excellent. Why do I hear this news? I, I'm thinking of that um, that infamous match with uh, Big Japan had, where it's like a grocery store death match. <laughs> if you I actually had one of them, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my god! I need to see this. <laughs> I think there was like, and if I'm not mistaken, I think there was like a, a marching band playing the music while the whole thing's going down. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You can really. They can't be funny. They're not really. They don't really like. Oh, no comedy. Like maybe say kind of an ROH where they're mostly serious. They're. It's not really. Yeah, it's all crazy and hardcore, but there's still comedy is still encouraged. I'd say it's EZW to an extent, and this should be nothing but that. Although they were to have a match, we have seen Greg Excellent have excellent matches. Pun slightly intended with some of the female wrestlers, especially his series with Mia Yim over 2011-2012. Somehow, I'm just thinking, no matter how violent that match was in Big Japan, it wasn't as good as Stone Cold and Booker T. Oh, that was... Oh, uh, I that. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to was it like the, that, the most famous grocery store food fight? <laughs> <laughs> as excited as that fight was, <laughs> the very memorable... Then during the intermission, CGW announced that the show that they've actually got coming February 9th, which is... 14th anniversary show. Yeah. We'll see the return of Lou Fisto teaming up with Sammy Callahan to take on Jessica Havoc and Adam Cole. That already looks very interesting. Yep. Uh, my friend Jason was saying, <laughs> tickets sold right when he heard that. Lufisto making a return. Lufisto, we've known the things she can do. Hell, the things she's done in CZW, especially now that I've been watching some older CZW, like when she came in in 2006, she actually competed in Cage of Death that year. As far as I know, yeah, the only female competitor to have competed in Cage of Death. So far. Which, considering what we've got to announce later, might not be very, might not last very long. Uh, then they also announced the return of the crazy monkey Junkasai. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. For the WrestleCon show in April. Now, you see, the way that you're saying about that, I'm going to have to catch this WrestleCon show. Oh, Junkasai is... He's... Notorious. Yeah, he's probably... Yeah, he's notorious. All the big Japan guys, arguably the craziest one. 
And, like, there's a lot of, like, Ito is pretty crazy. Well, just any of them in Big Japan in general. Masada when he was there, Okobayashi, uh, Takeda, uh, Miyamoto. Miyamoto was pretty good. Yeah, with his, uh, has a pretty looking mood salt. <laughs> yeah. Although he ended up crushing, or it looked like he crushed Nick Gage's face when, it, when he hit it at Cage of Death. Uh, forgetting what 2010 was. 12, yeah. But yeah, Jun Kasai is probably... They, they called him the crazy monkey, so let's just put it there. I think he's one of the <laughs> only guys competed in a razor blade death match. Yeah, that's... Wow. Uh, that's that, that's going to hurt in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, after this, the matches got back underway with Matt Tremont defeating Tommy Dreamer and Rory Mondo in a hardcore freeway dance. That already interests me already. Because I think they've they've got a feature now where they basically put the show up the night after it goes out straight away, don't they? Yes, have an arena capture footage where you can get that and the download, I believe, for like seven forty nine. And then you can, and then for only like fifteen dollars, you can get all that plus the DVD when it comes out. It was yeah, the, you get the arena capture, you get it sixty days for sixty days with the download that you can download in. If you put in, if you get the fifteen dollar one, you get the DVD with it. So nice little package you get there from CZW. Uh, and we have the Chris Brothers successfully defeating Eric Grind and Dustin Rays. Then the CCW Wired title, AR Fox, successfully defending against 13 to retain. And then the main event, the world title on the line, Joe Gacy trying to take the belt from Masada with Christina Von Eri. But it was actually Von Eri that cost Gacy the match with her interference. Masada got the win. And the interesting thing is, after the match, Von Eri attacked Masada with a barbed wire baseball bat and then challenged him to an intergender death match. At the 14th anniversary show. Yeah. W world title. Is the title on the line? Apparently, uh, say I'm looking on the... Oh my word. The wrestling title is on the line. Apparently she made a reference about hurting the ones you love. Yeah. It, does Masada love anyone? No, I don't think he... He might, but I don't think he definitely doesn't show it. And then Christina Von Eri's a bit... Let's just say, at least since EZW-wise, what's been going on, even with the fact that Lufisto and Jessica Havoc are coming in at that same show, Christina Von Eri probably beats them in craziness for what she's done with Masada. Yeah. It goes from, yeah, like... Uh, what was I think Night of Infamy where or the Matt yeah was it Night of Infamy no Night of Infamy was I forgot the show that had Butcher I think it was Cerebral yeah Cerebral where uh, she ended up like breaking a bottle over the head of Larry Legend pretty much it's about Necro Butcher's entrance and somehow knew all the details about Masada ended up licking his face and I think tried to kiss him and all stuff and if you see Christina Von Eri a very attractive woman at that or well, depending on if you like the punk look, but Masada was having none of it. <laughs> it Jesse Neal was going, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, I Jesse, think she's hot, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, she is. 
even if people don't like the mohawk, if you've seen her with uh, without the mohawk, regardless, a very dangerous femme fatale of a woman is Christina Von Eri, and she's really throwing herself out there to uh, challenging Sada for the title, which. Although, as weird as it sounds, history kind of is on her favor for the challenger side because at the 11th anniversary and 12th anniversary show, the title, the world title, did change hands with Moxley defeating B Boy, who had just defeated two weeks prior Drake Younger to end Drake Younger's reign, which at this point is still the longest reigning ZZW World Heavyweight Championship reign. And then back at the 12th anniversary show, Robert Anthony defeated John Moxley. Yes, that's yeah, and it's it's an interesting look forward to see to CZW there. There's some interesting matches on that card in a few weeks. So, but then we jump to arguably the main event, as it turned out the last week, PWG's DDT four. They started off by announcing that the Super Smash Brothers would defend the titles in every match that they were in. Which then made it interesting to see what would happen. Usually, first match we saw the Young Bucks beat the Inner City Machine Guns, ricocheting Rich Swan with a sneak roll up on Rich Swan by Nick Jackson. So once again, Young Bucks playing dirty. Who knew? <laughs> <clears throat> then, what was probably I think we all well certainly me and. Sandro picked completely opposite to this. The Unbreakable Fucking Machines, Elgin and Brian Cage, beat the Super Smash Brothers to become PWG champions after an Elgin bomb on Player DOS. We didn't see this one coming at all. (laughs) Apparently, uh, Player Uno got passed in delayed vertical suplex position from Elgin to Cage and then back to Elgin. And Uno may have suffered a shoulder injury thus because he didn't have a lot of time in the match. Word is, though, that he was doing better, so hopefully he's up to relatively full health for the uh, Heart Legacy Wrestling Show this weekend. Now, next up we had Future Shock... Uh, Cole and O'Reilly defeat the Dojo Brothers, Edwards and Strong. When Cole used the PWG World Title to uh, get the victory on Roderick Strong. Ooh. Yeah, I was uh, not expecting this at all. Um, I was kind of hoping the Dojo Brothers would go on top in this one, but it, it didn't happen. I think I think I think I picked Future Shock because I saw something going on. With the titles, I, I, I saw Adam Cole being involved because, of course, he's world champion. Because I think, with the way the card was, they were due to face who was going to win the next match, which was the Briscoes taking on Kevin Steen and El Generico, and Steen and El Generico won it via a roll-up on Mark Briscoe, and then Steen spat at El Generico and walked off post-match. An interesting turn of affairs. <clears throat> Which I think I think we all picked. Certainly me and Sandra. Then the semi finals 
the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, defeat the Unbreakable Fucking Machines via, again, another roll-up. So they are now the PWG tag champs. This I definitely didn't see coming. That is a bit of a swerve. Then we had the second semi-final with Steen and Generico defeating Future Shock via a package pile driver brain buster combo <laughs> on Adam Cole. So I think the final was... I can't remember what I predicted as the final. I predicted Steen and Generico to be in there. And I predicted them to win it and I think... You predicted it would be Super Smash. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah, I predicted yeah. to win again, but it wasn't case. Just, just on reflection, Randy, who would you have picked beforehand to win the tournament overall? Um, this is a interesting one for me because at first glance, I probably I would have said Super Smash Brothers had them continue the reign. The Young Bucks is in, it's not bad, but they've already won it twice before. They really have nothing to prove in PWG. Like they've done it all and, and apparently they're gonna do it some more with a third reign. I think possibly Sterico. Although I think even though you had the whole I think I still would have gone with them either way, but even if you had it probably would have been Mac had been announced. Because there have been uh, one because of the whole Steen and Generico not liking each other, and the second fact, or at least what would have made it in this case, would have been Generico leaving. And there have been times where you might be the person leaving, but that doesn't necessarily mean they won't win a world title. Back to Garrison Frontier, excuse me, back in 2009 when at Brian Danielson's last PWG show, at least at the time, last PWG show, he defeated Chris Hero to become the PWG world champion. Ending Hero's uh, lengthy reign in the process, he'd held it for about a year, I believe, yeah. And, uh, of course, Danielson was going to WWE, so they ended up having the the title at one of their terms. They already had Battle Los Angeles. So it's not that uncommon to see going possibly win it but yeah either I think future would not have been a bad choice give Adam Cole a little more but I'm not even though I'm not a big fan of the Young Bucks I don't mind it so much but it just felt like it just really could have helped somebody else out that needed to oh well might as well stick with the people you know who are going to stay there <laughs> mm. Uh, next up, I guess to compensate for the fact that William Hack was on and then off the card, he took uh, on B-Boy in a one-on-one match and won via the Chocolate Thunderbomb. Then the special KO submission-only match, which between Drake Younger and Sammy Callahan, Drake got the win via Sammy having to submit due to consecutive grounded forearms. And apparently during the match, Drake took unprotected chair shots to the bonce, to the head. Dear Lord. Yeah. Apparently after the match, 
Drake gets on the mic and says, hey, I belong here and that belt is fucking mine. So I'm guessing, I'm trying to remember, th- that means, does it go to the third match? Uh, yeah. Yes. I couldn't, I couldn't remember, yes, Callahan won the first front confrontation between the two, didn't he? Yeah, yes. he won the first one. Yeah, he won, yeah, because I just was watching that Mystery Vortex, yeah, he beat, Callahan did beat Younger. What stipulation was there in that match? If there was I think one. there was a stipulation as far as I know because the whole gimmick behind or the whole idea with that whole show Mystery Vortex was all the matches were a mystery with the exception of the world title match which was only one known at the time Steve versus Cole which there was still mystery to that being the stipulation and that being guerrilla warfare and let's just say that's a pretty crazy match yeah then as mentioned Cole <clears throat> The final match, the finale of DDT4. Steen Erico and Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks managed to retain with Matt Jackson and another roll-up on Generica. Which pissed off the crowd, no doubt. Yeah, this was... I could see the hate from them with all that's gone on, of course. Um... If you go back to the history of DDT4, which would be, let me see, the last one, two, three, the last four DDT4s has been, DDT4 has been a big event for the Young Bucks because essentially this is what what made the Young Bucks who they are in PWG, or especially now in PWG as heels. Because back at DDT4, there was, they had a, I believe it was a quarterfinal match with, Chuck, uh, Chuck Taylor and Kenny Omega, the, uh, what was their name? The, uh, men of low moral fiber taking on the Young Bucks. And the crowd wanted Omega and Taylor to beat the Young Bucks for the titles, but it ended up being the Young Bucks winning. And then from there on, the fans kind of started to turn on them. And then against the grain, when they had another match against them, it didn't work out either. And that was with that. And that's how, um, and then they ended up being full-blown heel by the time 2010 rolled around. Next DDT4, they take on... They're in the finals again. And this... and Oh, 2009 they won. 2010, they're in the finals. This time against El Generico and Paul London, with Generico and Paul London beating them. Go back to 2011, Young Bucks in the finals again. This time with Kevin Steen and Akira Tozawa, the Nightmare Violence Connection. This time Young Bucks won in 2012... Uh, Young Bucks actually aren't, uh, they aren't in it, but were eliminated by the Super Smash Brothers. They later kind of played a role at the end of it. And so that's kind of like where 2013 had interesting because it's the opponents, Young, one of the opponents Young Bucks faced in 2010 and the other guy from 2011. And they've all had, they've all been feuding with the Young Bucks. And the only reason really generic teamed up in PWG with any yeah. semblance since then. And then after, after the match was over, Steen hugged Generico to end the night. The whole locker room came out to say farewell. The, I think the video has been put up on the Facebook page. Uh, I uh, no, that, that's from a different uh, show. Oh, okay. I thought that was the PWG farewell. No, uh, the one that, that I posted, that was from um, in Montreal, I believe. I think that was from the, the next night. Oh, okay. 
it's the interesting thing Steen almost starts to cry and says no matter where you end up I'll be nothing without you which which to be quite honest after Ladder War 4 is true <laughs> yeah after, after any match they had at Final Battle <laughs> really um, and then Generico says if worse comes to the worst he'll come back to PWG and that PWG's number one, and that he's going back to Mexico to help the orphans. <laughs> is this El Generico, or is it Nacho Libre? Actually, no, that's, well, yeah, there, that is a bit of a Nacho Libre reference, but yeah, that's a lot of the, that, they would mention that a lot in PWG, that, whoa. And I'm kind of, uh, I'm actually kind of wondering as well, whether, uh, if I'm going to Mexico to help the orphans, Mexico is WWE and Orphans is Sin Cara. I mean, <laughs> possibly. Well, I think it's more, yeah, they would always bring that up in PWG that El Generico donated all this money to the orphans of, um, to the orphans in Mexico where he's from. And that when him and Paul London were teaming up, Paul London would give his money from PWG to the, uh, some, Orphans from space or some shit like that. <laughs> Whatever Paul Lundy was doing with the astronaut gimmick then. The uh, Peligro Abejas, that was their team, the Danger Bees. <laughs> so that's your, that's your results, but wait, there's more. Well, not more results, but it's picks time now. Because this show might get put out the Saturday next week, just to cover our bases... We're actually going to go through the card for the Friday, January 25th, Dragon Gate show. Now. So I'm just looking. Is it? Is that at 8 o'clock? Yeah, that's 8 o'clock local time, isn't it? Um, I'm not sure because they never specify if this is um, Eastern Standard Time or uh, Pacific Standard Time. Uh, there's no mention of it, but I would assume it would be uh, in California time, so I would say uh, Pacific Time. Just having a quick look to uh, WWN Live. But anyway, we'll, we'll have a quick look at that. Let's go through some of the... For, for people who are there, apparently there's going to be a, a little Vendetta Pro card at 6.30pm local. So that makes me think it probably is... Which means it's going to be at 4 in the morning, which is exactly the same time as Open Book. So I'm catching that on Archive, people. Ah... Uh, so you've got the special attraction match, Samurai Del Sol versus the mystery wrestler. Hmm. Just because he's on the Heart Legacy card, I'm saying Samurai Del Sol. I'm biased. Screw it. If who I'm, who I'm thinking is true, it could be Ata. I'm going to go with the mysterious... Uh, I'm going to go with the mysterious Dragon Gate wrestler. Randy? Um, for me, I will say, um, I'm just going to say Then, a match which goes for the Evolve record, so it's wins and losses here, people. Interesting match, though, because these are three of the five that are being considered for the Evolve title. I actually forgot to mention them earlier. They are Chuck Taylor, Johnny Gargano, AR Fox, John Davis, and Ricochet. And of those five, this match will be featuring Chuck Taylor taking on AR Fox. 
taking on John Davis with records of nine and five, seven and five, and five and three respectively. I see, Deep. This, I'm guessing John Davis, because he seems to be the guy with the momentum just at the minute. In certainly in Dragon Gate, the last shows that they had. Who's your picks, guys? Oh, um, I think I just said it right now. Uh, I'm gonna go with John Davis. He's, well, he's the one who was all prom- uh, promoting for the Evolved titles. So. I, I guess it makes sense if he'd win here. <laughs> Sandra? You know, before I make my pick, um, we never discussed this, uh, on the show. Um, I think it's kind of pointless to have the, an evolved title. Uh, I kind of understand why they're doing this, but at the same time, I think it's pointless because the Freedom Gate title is basically your main title, and you're gonna bring a another main championship. It's gonna it's gonna look secondary uh, for the Freedom Gate title. But um, exclusive, which I'm guessing they're gonna do. But even then. It does kind of dilute the whole fact that there's the, uh, like you said, the Freedom Gate title. Yeah, and you have to put in fact that they did uh, defend the Freedom Gate title on Evolve shows as well. So with that, you know, it just defeats the purpose. But as far as the pick goes, uh, I'm going to agree with you guys. I'm going to go with John Davis as well. Okay. Then one of the tag team bonus main events, the Young Bucks taking on Sammy Callahan and Aaron Cannon of DUF. And that is, of course, Drunk Ugly Fox. Ah! I think it's yeah, Dirty Ugly. No, actually, close enough, Drunk Ugly Fox. Drunk, dirty. Yeah, but... It's not complimentary either way. Oh, yeah. Duh. But that's the whole point. It's not supposed to be... <laughs> They know they're many. They're the three mentioned, similar to Scum, and I can't. Don't even remember what the Scum, um, what that all stands for. But your your picks, uh, I'll probably say Callahan and Cannon. I'm saying. Well, I'm sure it'd be a good match, but. Uh... I'm going to go with Duff because I think they need the win. Uh, they haven't been on the winning streak as far as uh, tag team matches on DG USA, so I'm going to go with Duff. Randy, is it Wacko Jackos or Duff for you? Duff Pier. Duff Man. <laughs> oh, <God. clears throat> Let's say, uh, as much as I don't like him in the Young Bucks, actually, I don't really like much anymore, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, the Young Bucks. And then the other tag team match. Johnny Gargano and Rich Swan taking on Jimmy Susumo and Ryo Saito. Just because I think they're going to try and mix it up here, I think Susumo and Saito could win here. Because I think Gargano and Swan, even though Swan isn't in the Evolved title hunt at the minute, I think he's clearly a contender. I think that's a team that won't get along, which probably will help Susumu and Saito to win. Yeah. Well, um, 
I want to say Sicilian Saito exactly for why you said that. But considering he has the title match coming up, the next I'm going to say Gargano and well, I'm going to be a little biased here. I'm going to go with the Jimmys because I like the, the stable. And I think uh, Jimmy Susumu and Jimmy Rio Saito, I think they're a pretty good tag team in the past in Drangate. So I'm going to go with the Jimmys. Is little Jimmy in there? No. Ah. <laughs> and then the main event for the, show, for the Friday show, Akira Tozawa against John Morrison. Hmm. This, uh, as much as you think they're going to put Morrison over, I'm just wondering whether. No, actually, no. They'll, I think they'll put Morrison over, but it'll be a damn good match with him and Tazawa. I think. Um. Yeah, this can go either way. Do you put? Seems like Tozawa goes over either way. You have a strong match with Morrison, or you beat him. But I'm gonna say more. Yeah, John Morrison. I'm kind of a. I don't know. It's tough to pick. Although I would have preferred if John Morrison would have fought a uh, BB Hulk instead, because they kind of have a somewhat of a similar, uh, I guess, look. If you want to say it. Although you know, BB Hulk changed his look uh, since he turned healed. But I'm fine with this match. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a, a very good match. It's only going to be his only appearance uh, uh, for for this uh, triple shot shows. I would say Jomo, but I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go with Tozawa in this one. Okay. I'm actually just looking through the uh, cards for the following two nights now. Damn, there's some interesting matches on them as well. But we will... Uh, get to all of that when we come round to it next week I guess but before we do go we do have an email to read out from the Canadian Barbarian Chris Husk oh <laughs> <clears throat> I hope you can read it this is this is uh, says uh, dear Ashley Randy and Sandra I love the show and I'm hoping that you get an interview with some of the talent that will be in my neck of the woods for I live only an hour and 45 minutes from Calgary and hope to see Hart Legacy Wrestling live with JJ and Mark in action and show my support to them. Uh, to be honest, I don't think we needed to because Shark and JJ and Bronx pretty much had it covered over the last couple of weeks. Plus, I don't think I'm I, I don't think I'm ready yet for my first interview. I probably need to be completely shocked into it by somebody. Which no doubt will be any one of the people that can arrange interviews for this. Which is probably Sean, which is probably Crowley, which could be anyone and anything. If they just give me it, I'll probably be really good at it, man. Hey, that... We'll see, we'll see how it goes. We're hoping to get a few interviews at least this year. Samuel. So. A good one to do if we get that opportunity. Yeah. I wouldn't mind talking with Ricochet. Uh, oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Uh, thank you for giving the women of wrestling their time as well as the guys. Uh, my feeling that in 10 to 20 years, the thing, things might be much different in the wrestling world for them. 
be more girl wrestlers than boys and take up the art. I'm not sure about that, mm. considering how 90% of the people WWE and TNA are interested in don't know how to wrestle. Unless they're Sarah Del Rey. <clears throat> but on the indie scene, I kind of see your point. I think there could be a chance for Shimmer slash Shine to grow in stature in WSU as well. I think even not so much like just women's wrestling in general, just women in general are wrestling becoming champions in promotions where it would only they just be oh the women's champ or whatever. No, they fight just as much as the guys do hit as hard. Well, best example of that is at the minute is Vader Scott. Yeah, Vader Scott. Tag champs. Tag champs at AIW. Rachel Summerlin is the heavyweight champ down in Austin for Anarchy Championship Wrestling. <laughs> belted uh, I think it's a I was about to say some Canadian promotion but I think it might be California but it's really a day and age in wrestling so for who can, who can't be and it's not a gender limitation anymore and a lot of people a lot of promotions are really starting to catch on that uh, he then uh, concludes with uh but I love hearing you guys talk about indie wrestling and it keeps my interest in wrestling for WWE and TNA are not for me anymore and I might even take up one of these iPay-per-views that I've heard you guys talk about but you three have a great 2013 and I will try to write more emails to you in the future thank you very much Chris that's the first positive email that we've had Oh, actually, no, Anthony sent us some positive emails. <laughs> and, yeah, that's first one of 2013 anyway. So thank you for that, Chris. Stop we will, here. We will try, we'll try and provide you more stuff. But also, we want to hear your guys' thoughts. We want to hear your, especially this week on the Heart Legacy Wrestling Show. Once you've seen the event this weekend, get on Facebook. I will purposely put a post up wanting people's thoughts on it. And hopefully me and both Sandra and Randy can review the show next week. So I will be putting up a Facebook post where you guys can give your thoughts on the show. Hopefully, all three of us will be here next week to give a review of the show. And I don't, I don't think there'll be much point in getting JJ and Shark on themselves because they'll be probably talking about it over the ne- well, certainly JJ on the on the next episode of Wrestling News Live for the event. But yeah, if, with your guys' thoughts. I want to take them in and get them on this show. Because arguably the the Heart Wrestling, the Heart Legacy Wrestling show, sorry, is a pretty damn stacked all-star card for indie stuff. Especially if, by coincidence, it is the very last show El Generico does before he signs up to the E. That would be a big claim to fame. I guess. So, 
yeah get get your guys thoughts in if you don't want to leave it on the facebook page and you want to email it in you can do just message whole indie that's indie with a y at snsradionetwork.com that's whole indie at snsradionetwork.com you can email us direct or go via the contact form on the SNS Radio Network website. Another thing that's worth mentioning regarding the network is the Wrestling Radio Awards. You've got pretty much your last chance to get your votes in once every hour. Vote for Yeah, because I think the award ceremony is next Friday. So by the time the next episode of this goes out, We'll have lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, vote for us anyway. So we'll, we'll see. If we yeah, can vote for us. It. Vote for us if you want. If we get one vote, I will be amazed because that'll be. A- I, 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 I think we're like the baby, and we're just trying to, to, to starting to crawl. Yeah, we're starting to make the little steps. Eventually, we'll start walking on our own. <laughs> Let's make an upset. But. <laughs> Uh, in all honesty, I have been voting for WNL. Mainly because it's the only category that uh, that's up for like People's Choice radio show. Because they've cut down the awards this year. By the looks of it anyway. Certainly on the voting poll. But for interviews, certainly for male interviews, Stone Cold on WNL, vote for that. Media interview, Booker T on WNL. And then for female interview... Vote running the ropes. I don't care which one of the five. Just vote for one of them. One of, I almost could have been on one of those interviews, but didn't make it. I think I was supposed to... Rima, I think I was supposed to do, and I think Maria. But I wasn't there the days for it, so... I guess vote for that. That's my claim to fame for that. <laughs> I was nearly on it. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You you were about to do the interview with uh, the uh, Rima chick? I think I... Because I was on there for a little bit, uh, I was kind of doing both, and then there's a ton of interviews I remember Crowley got, but I ended up only doing McGinnis and Road Dog, because I would never be there for like the other ones. Either I was just coming in from school or something happened, <laughs> just wasn't there to make it. <laughs> Well, it's probably better that you didn't do that interview because uh, I gotta be honest, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't, I don't see anything special about this chick. To be honest. You know, I think she had our 50 minutes of fame and just move on. Well, I, there's nothing wrong with it she, other than the tough enough thing. That's about it. It ain't like we can really go into detail about winning Miss USA. Or even if we did, I don't think any of the any of the listeners really care for it. I don't think they would. <laughs> At all. The gay Avenger might. Anyway, <laughs> uh, with that... Make sure you check out all the uh, shows on the network. You've got Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 Eastern with JJ and Bronx. Thursdays at 4 Eastern, you've got Running the Ropes with Crelly and Mav. Running down God knows what. And I still, I, 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 it's a lost cause trying to work out that roast beef sandwich thing, but... I, you know, I, I've given up on that now, officially. 2013, my New Year's resolution was give up on trying to work out what that meant. Anyway. Oh, beef sandwich reference? Mm. Yeah. 
Um, I can say this really subtly, or I can be, or I can just say it as it is. <laughs> you can say it both ways. This is paperclip, people. This is the ultimate paper. This is like a Raiders of the Lost Ark paperclip. This is going to get put back in the storage box and never heard from again for another ten years. You remember when Mickey James did those photos a few years back that uh, she got caught with or whatever? Oh God! Okay, it's a yeah, it's, it's a reference to her genitalia. That's ah, okay. You say something on there? Yeah, that's what the roast beef joke is. A very <laughs> hey kids. Um... <laughs> uh... <laughs> wow. Yeah, is that okay. where the beef jokes come from? Because. I might as well say it just for the fans because they want to hear me say dirty. Her pussy looks like roast beef. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go. <laughs> I was going to say I'll have what she's having, but on second thoughts. Uh, <laughs> That's why they're all RVs. <laughs> okay, now, now that I've worked that out and feel slightly disturbed by it, you've also got TNA Chat Live. With the Bronx Father at 10.30 Eastern on Thursdays. Fridays, you have the open book with Sean and myself at 11 Eastern. Then Sunday Night Showdowns, you have every Sunday where there's, I wouldn't say a pay-per-view, but you might as well say a WWE pay-per-view at the minute, considering the next TNA one isn't for two months. But, yeah, that the next one coming up is... A week away for the Royal Rumble and all that. And then podcast-wise, uh, Randy, what have we got? We have any pot, a uh, couple, I should have said many. Yeah, but we have podcasts here on the SNS Radio Network you can check out. One of them being Beyond the Bell, where this week they did, apparently, I think they're still on WCW 101. At least that's what I'm seeing there. You can check out Chapter 12 of that, The Downfall, on their next one. Of course, you can check out um, the Elite Force podcast, Mid Weekend Weekend Edition, Mind White, Walking the Rest of the Crew there. Sorry if I forgot anybody there. Um, you can't forget Chuck. Come on. I can't Chuck. I did mention Chuck. <coughs> yeah, Chuck tonight. That's because it broke up probably on my end. Oh, uh, all right. No, I didn't mention Chuck, though. Sorry, but I should have. But yeah, Chuck as well. Chuck, Mind White, and Walkie. And of course, you can check out this podcast too, which you're listening to right now. So I don't think I really need to say the name of it. But And hopefully the hardware should be back on. Oh, yeah, the hard. I'm sorry, I forgot. No, I knew I missed one. The <laughs> NF show. Yes. More Brits for if you like. I will remember the British guys. Hey. We'll remember the American guys if that wasn't everybody. I guess. Oh. Somebody technically does that mean Crelly's American? Oh my god. Um It's like Piers Morgan, nobody wants him. <laughs> Everybody wants him deported to somewhere else. No comment on that. But <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um um shit, is he already here now or is he I know he's coming for lockdown, San Antonio. Oh, he'll be on his way. Coming in. I'm now, I'm now, I'm now trying to think. Uh, after the last time he went out and I chose public enemies by the time I get to Arizona, 
trying to think of something else to completely mess with his head before he heads up when he heads up to San Antonio. Play him a- I'm going to have to get with Randy on that one <laughs> over the next week or so. Oh, no, I I think the generic answer would say country, but I don't know. There's something Texas that I'll find he does. I don't know. Maybe you'll like it. San Antonio's a pretty nice city. Uh, it costs a lot to do a lot there, but pretty nice city. You know, I hate that basketball team with a fucking passion, but <laughs> let's not get into sports, especially that one, because my basketball team isn't doing much better either. So, actually, they're doing a lot worse than the San Antonio team, so... I'll just stop throwing rocks in uh, glass houses now. So, welcome to the longest outro for the whole indie show ever. Anyway, <laughs> with that, uh, Randy, any last words before we head off? Uh, um, uh, fuck the NFL. That's all I'll say for this week. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra, have you got any nicer words? <laughs> Uh no, it's just uh thanks for listening and uh spread the word. Okay, that's uh that's pretty cool. My last words uh this is Song of the Night. This is Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight. One, to show you how beautiful song it is, and two, to show you how bad Bronx's rendition was. Was it already a given? <laughs> <laughs> No, I have. God, I hope he doesn't take this seriously. Anyway, cheers, Sandro. Hopefully we can have you on next week to discuss, hopefully, uh, all things Dragon Gate and all that, and certainly Heart Legacy Wrestling Show. Randy, hopefully you'll be back next week as well. So, yeah, that was Sandro. That was Randy. This was Ashley. And all this combined was your weekly slice of indie goodness. We'll see you next week. Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. Peace. Hey, Derek, pass that domino over there.
much I love you.